Gee, Steve, what are we going to do tonight? Same thing we do every podcast. Tell them how we season. How we season episode 121. This time we're doing There Will Be Blood. Now this is, is a special episode because we've got a guest with us. Not once, but twice. And the third time we got Ryan Guy from Turtle Soup. He's a uh, awesome. he's a uh, he, you've been on this now more than you know anybody that's not a regular. So you you you're now the top Ooh. guest. <laughs> So. Love it. Oh, I love. Dude, I always have so much fun when I'm on here. It, it's so cool. So I'm all about this. We we enjoy having you because uh, you bring such a, a a joy to whatever we're talking about. Like you, you get so deep into this stuff that it just it's what these conversations are about. Like you know you you watch what you watch, you enjoy it or not, and then you have these conversations, which sometimes and most of the time are probably better than the actual shows you're talking about. So <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely Super love having you. Uh, with that, awesome. I'm Noah, and with me always is my main man, Steve. Say hi, Steve. It's great to be here, and I want to add, I, I appreciate the suggestion. I don't think we would have come up with There Will Be Blood, uh, it, just the two of us, but uh, but I'm thrilled to be covering this one this week, because this is this has got a lot of good stuff to talk about. Oh, for sure. That's awesome. I had never seen it, so I mean, I, it's one. Of, it was one that was on my list. It's like, oh, I got to see this. It's got the big name, and Steve's always talked about. It. He's like, oh yeah, I can't wait for you to see that because we're gonna talk about it. And I know why because uh, Steve likes. Oh, uh, God, I'm blanking on the name. What's uh, the the? You did the character for Halloween. Um, the the drug dealer teacher that had cancer. Oh fuck. Oh, Walter White. Bad. Walter White. Yeah, yeah, Breaking yeah. Bad. yeah. <laughs> a lot of people compare this to Breaking Bad in, in some of the situations, and I know how much you like Breaking Bad, and that's another one we should really talk about because we we have definite different opinions on that show, which would be a lot of fun to go over. Yeah. Well, we don't cover heavy dramas typically. That's it's not true. Uh, true. Yeah, and and that's where this gets a little little more exciting or a little bit more interesting. We get to delve into theories and and uh, relationships and and things that aren't aren't related to superheroes, and that's kind of a nice uh, nice change, of course, every once. I agree. I mean, uh, there is a lot of superhero stuff that we do, and that's because we jumped on that MCU. We probably wouldn't have done as many if we weren't on that. But uh, with that, it's a lot of fun. And we do cover a lot of other really cool ones. Uh, our spouse episodes, the last two have been uh, hits out the park just with some crazy good movies that I, I saw one. I probably would have never seen the other one. But, you know, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang was like one of those is like, this is how good this is. And I missed it until this. Uh, Bad Words that's is another cool. one. Bad Words is one that I was like, this is this is such a sleeper, right? You, the, it's got a horrible name for it for what you know, getting people to go watch it, but it is such a fun film. So, you know, I, I'm I'm can't wait for more of those. Which speaking of, next week we have our our third spouse uh, episode. Uh, this time we're going to be doing uh, what we do in the shadows, uh, which was a movie uh, then a TV cool. series. And so I'm kind of looking forward to that because it's got uh, my man uh, Taika Waititi is uh, uh, has his fingers in that. So anything that guy does is gold. And Jermaine uh, Clemens my... too from Flight of the Concords, which I think right, they, yeah, because they that's both that's all like the, the like New Zealand crew, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. It's like a New Zealand show. Yeah, I've 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 always been like uh, adjacent to that to watch <laughs> it, and I just never have. But like I love Flight of the Concords, and I love like that kind of humor. Yeah. So like that's definitely been like what I need to kick off for sure. Yeah, my and dad we're, actually we're, told me. 
Yeah, we're doing the first season, right? We're not doing the movie. Yeah, just okay. for the first okay. season. Okay. Just the first season. Uh, my dad actually told me I needed to watch this. And so we sat down and watched the first episode. And my wife just looked at me like I was crazy and left the room. Uh, it's not her normal humor. So I was like, oh, okay, I, I guess I'll, I'll, I'll wait to see when I get another chance to watch it. Well, here it comes. And she has to watch it with me. So it'll be fun. Oh. Um, <laughs> we'll see what she brings. <laughs> Now, on How We Season, we like to pair a cocktail or drink to whatever we're watching, and uh, this is no exception. We're going to get right into this. So uh, I want to start off with Steve because I, I know what he's got, and I, I want to hear what he has to say about it. All right. Well, I didn't do too much research. I, I got a little excited when I found out there's some cocktails out there that use uh, um, oils as as uh, something they include. And uh, there was some good write-ups, some good articles I found about uh, what that brings to a drink. And so it just got me excited. I looked at some of the recipes. So I chose I chose a recipe that's very similar to kind of like a whiskey sour, but this is a gin-based drink. It's two ounces of gin, half ounce of orange liqueur, one ounce of lemon juice, which was fresh off my tree, um, one egg white, which was fresh from uh, Noah's Noah's batch of, uh, <laughs> of chickens you got in your backyard. You brought them. Noah's the chickens. Day. Noah's <laughs> chickens. I love that. Oh, so good. Um, oh. Half ounce of simple syrup and then a half ounce of olive oil. So that kind of brings it back to the some of the when we talk about there will be blood oil mm. is, the, is the the mother's milk, the blood of the, the you know, or I guess there's lots of different metaphors of what it's about. But oil is, there are. is, is the backdrop <laughs> of, of it. So I it's an oil based drink. I added some, and you basically shake it and get, you've got to spend some time with the, the oil and the egg white to, to, you shake it for a long time. You really got to put some blood, sweat, and tears into that shake and so you can emulsify it, add the rest of the ingredients, and then um, pour it. I, I put some chocolate bitters on the top, which I, I added, wasn't part of the original recipe I found, which I thought was kind of funny because when I was doing all the research about this, I heard that they actually used uh, the same ingredients they make uh, chocolate milkshakes for McDonald's out of. So, yep. so I thought, oh, I'll throw some chocolate um, bitters on top because it kind of actually made it look like, like it's a little oil spill. And then of course I included my really big straw to drink it with. <laughs> and, um, oh, and that, oh, that. <laughs> That's symptomatic. I yeah. love that. Yep. So this is, I called it an oil rig. Um, nice. <laughs> mm, that's, beautiful. that's perfect. There we go. Yeah, that's funny. I, I saw the same thing about the chocolate sauce. And I think it's, yeah, they just use the, it's it's kind of like a Hershey syrup, essentially, that they used for the oil. So most of those times when those guys are covered in, in the, the oil, they're actually covered in chocolate, uh, yeah. which brings it's a like, whole different meaning to it. You know, it's like. Okay, not as bad as I thought. But then again, it's like, that's some sticky ass shit too. So who knows? <laughs> no, it, it makes you wonder if like, you know, in, in the scene where, where Paul Dano is like down in that oily mud, if he had to like check his glucose levels like afterwards, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like how bad did that get? Right. All right, I'm going to I'm going to go next. Uh, I'm going to save save our guests for last cuz you know, always mm -hmm. save the best for last. Um, mm. I went with a uh, kind of I went with the blood the blood theme and I did a, a blood orange old fashioned. Now, this mm. is this is going off last week where I was I was challenged to come up with keto-friendly cocktails. And seeing as I also started the keto diet myself this week, which is you know, I'm like, okay, if, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go whole hog. And so basically I take away most of my juices, take away most of my simple syrups, all uh, anything with sugar and carbs in it are gone, which brings you to basic drinks. So old fashioned, very, very basic drink. But 
this was done in a, a period piece, right? That kind of old fashioned. You, you had that kind of filmy yeah. look to it. They they killed it with all their their decorations and their their costumes and all the the buildings and everything. It really looked the time period. So it gave it a little bit of old old for that. He was drinking whiskey, pouring whiskey on the bottle and stuff like that. So I had to oh, go yeah. with whiskey or a bourbon. Um, so. I went with the blood orange old fashioned, which was really fun. Uh, luckily, I was able to find a blood orange in the store, which made it nice. So I was able to garnish the top of this with an orange slice, which was another challenge that was put to me last week about getting my garnish garnish game up. So I had to go with that. <laughs> so this is two ounces of a bourbon. I went with a Maker Marks bourbon. Um, uh, I actually added a half ounce of actual blood orange juice from a fresh blood orange that I got at the store the other day. Uh, two to three dashes of an orange bitters that I had. Um, and then instead of using the sugar cube, which you normally do in an old fashioned, I use stevia, which is a natural sweetener um, that You're I welcome. use anyways. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it, my sweetie. I had to, had to dip him in my drink. Um, and then I added a little club soda on top of this and got this really fancy, nice looking drink with the orange peel on oh, top. Yeah. Nice. So now, now for the, the taster. It's actually really good uh, for being a boozy drink, which I'm not usually into. Like I usually like them to taste like, you know, cocktails or they're more juice related or something. To, yeah, like the kind of drinks to get you, in, the ones that get you into trouble. Yeah, the ones exactly. where I can't taste the alcohol. <laughs> this is just fruit juice to me. Exactly. Yeah, like, That's mm -hmm. how I like them. This is actually really good. It does have a boozy flavor too, but it's not strong. It doesn't burn going down. It actually the stevia really kicks in and, and sweetens it up. Um, I also threw two cherries in there just because most of the other old fashions had cherries in there, and, and I always love chewing those at the end. So, yeah. Now, from a keto perspective, uh, you know, I know vodka is probably your best spirit to go to as far as, uh, you know, carb friendly, but bourbon, that's got a lot of. They actually say that all of them are pretty low comparative uh, to what you're, you know, you just have to watch the simple syrups and the, the sugars from juices. Um, yeah, that was my thought, too, is I'm going to be stuck with, you know, gins and, and, and uh, vodkas. But no, they, they said whiskeys and all that. It's, it's the flavored ones that I normally like, too, like the honey flavored or the, the vanilla. I just got to watch a little of those. So, um, yeah, no, it's actually uh, the, the recipe actually even had came with a... Um, calorie count and uh, nutritional facts and this one only has 182 calories which isn't bad i'm not worried about his calories as much but it does have 12 carbohydrates and that's where it gets a little bit <laughs> a little bit high but they had theirs with simple sh uh, simple syrup so i knocked it down a little bit with with going with the stevia is 12 grams enough to knock you out of ketosis uh no i get like i think i get like 40 a day so it could okay I mean, Two cocktails though could take up my whole days of you know carbohydrate. That could be your, your your carb choice for the day is a couple yeah. of those. As okay. long as I eat only eggs and steaks, I can have you know a couple uh, high carb uh, cocktails at the end of the day. So which go. isn't bad. Which isn't bad. I, I I'd eat steak every day. So. So you guys seem like you might know more about this than me, but uh, Steve was bringing up you know like just the different uh, you know like obviously like carb value of different alcohols. Where does like moonshine? sit in there like corn mash moonshine so the, like, would you the, imagine that would have a ton of carbs or not no no because what happens is it's the sugars that are in the uh the alcohol that get eaten to make the alcohol yeah so your higher alcohol content is going to break down your sugars so okay, even so if it's a vodka level 
yeah type well that i mean okay. that if you think about it vodka really is a potato based and it has a lot of starches and sugars too so but it's still a low because as long as you're going with a high alcohol an 80 proof or uh 80 80 proof stuff mm -hmm. like that you're probably going to have low sugars so so that's, the, absinthe, that's the absinthe diet is the way to go Exactly. <laughs> That's all I do. But yeah, moon, absinthe, yeah. Moon, moonshine probably has very low carbs. I'll, uh, you know, I'm going to I'm going to be up in Sac again uh, next week and there's a, a place called Total Wine and they have pretty much everything you could want. Uh, so maybe I'll go in there and start reading some labels and uh, getting some ideas. I'll pull I'll pull off the moonshine and see what they got. Just so That's we know. <laughs> so cool. Sure. All right, Ryan, what do you got for us? Well, you know, uh Today, I, I worked a really special one, you know what I mean? And uh, it is uh, just affectionately called Texas Tea. You know what I'm saying? It's just a you know, nickname for oil, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, and, uh, okay, guys, I, it, it's just my sweet tea I normally drink. Yeah. But, but, it, 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 but I'll, I'll tell everybody, it, it's just what it is, uh, third time running. Uh, however, today it's Texas Tea, you know what I mean? Gotcha. So I just, and also like when I made the tea, I made sure to scowl at it. There you go. A lot. <laughs> to try to throw some of that Daniel Plainview like into it. Like anytime, like when it would boil, I would just be staring at it. You know what I mean? Like at one point I had like the world's teeniest pistol and I had it right up here and I was like pointing it in its face, you know, and, and I hope that that comes through. You know, I, I feel like I can taste it. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. Just it's tea with an attitude, really. Oh. Nice. Absolutely. That's that's funny. Uh, I was I was figuring you that would be the one you did just because uh, when I was watching this and they were out quail hunting. Yes. All right, we're gonna jump right into this. We're, we're, there's spoilers, you know. Everybody that's ever listened oh, to this, knows, we spoil everything. Um, they're up there quail hunting and, and shooting at the ground. First thing I thought of was Beverly Hillbillies opening yes. scene. <laughs> And absolutely, the, and the line came up Texas tea, and I'm like, that's what Ryan's gonna do. I know he's gonna do it. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I was I was trying to think of other stuff. I also thought about other things. I thought about like trying to make a milkshake. Yeah, right, right, and stuff like that. But I was like, well, that's a lot. And like, and basically, Steve did roughly make like because that looks very milkshake. It's not a milkshake, but it looks very milkshake. The emulsification um, created a milkshake environment to my uh, yeah in my yes class. yes so. <laughs> So for that, like, I mean, like, like that time marks. Um, but I figured there, I mean, the, the film was shot in Texas. Yeah. I figured there was a lot of sweet tea happening. You know what I mean? Like in the background. Um, but absolutely, oh, you know, the quail hunting scene is, is very reminiscent. And, <laughs> and it's pretty funny. I, well, used, and, uh, I used a California olive oil based, you know, I know it was shot in Texas, but it took place in California. Yeah, it's supposed to be in California. It's supposed to be in California. So I thought that was a, a nod. I didn't mention that, uh, but you'll see it in my picture. It's California olive oil. Nice. Oh, <laughs> yeah, it was like a like Bakersfield area is what I heard. So yeah, I thought which wouldn't work for a, for, a, for a shooting site these days. Yeah. From <laughs> uh, it's funny that you mentioned that, that it was shot in Texas. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It's like Memphis or something like that. Is the little town? It's close to the Mexican border. Uh, yeah. So when they were shooting that, at the same time, uh, uh, No Country for Old Men was shooting in the same area, and they oh. actually had they actually had to shut down at one point uh, while they were shooting because of the flame that they had going for the fire. Uh, oh. Was yeah. in the background. No country for old men had to shut down. That's right. Had to shut down yeah. because yeah. that was in the background of their shooting. I'm like, that's so that was. That's just wild because like the the film like yeah you know, when you when you watch film and 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 you're you're thinking I always think about films in like uh terms of like production. Mm -hmm. So like when I'm seeing stuff like the train cars roll up, I'm like, oh that's really cool. Like that'd be really neat. And like 
uh, just little little Boston in general. Like yeah. a lot of those shacks and sheds they work in and stuff. I'm like, oh, and the, the oil derrick itself, just all that machinery. Like you look at like that huge reel of rope that's in the background that they use to like plunge the well. And you're like, that's just a physically gigantic thing. Like oh, yeah. they had to move in, right, to shoot. But the oil derrick fire is yes. like, that is wild. And you can tell they had about 10 cameras on it. Right. They keep showing like, like the minute the derrick starts to turn and fall, like there's like, View from behind, Daniel. Yeah, view from over here, um, and just the the smoke plume. You just look at it like, and it's just it's one of those shots that like the movie's full of. I mean, I mean, it won an Oscar for cinematography. I mean, like in right. the year it came out, it's ridiculous. But that smoke plume, I could totally see if you're trying to film a movie. Yeah. You're like, okay, hold on, like, yeah, what are they doing over there? Like, we can't, <laughs> exactly. we can't live, we can't live like that. Like, we yeah. have to wait. It's interesting. They talked about the production of that and how they had to build it, and they weren't quite sure if they were getting it right. Um, and, and they found someone that was kind of local that said, you know, they didn't know how to do it back then. They just kind of like, if it works, it works. And so they kind of felt like they had some freedom to kind of do it, do whatever. And no one could really challenge them. But I love the scene towards the beginning before, while it's still silent, before the dialogue kicks in when he's designing the, the oil derrick, he's looking at that picture that, or that, uh, that drawing of, of an old one. Mm -hmm. And and he's got his pencil and he's just like coming up with what what it could be and that's how they did yeah. it because they they you know they didn't have diy on google where you could just uh you know. <laughs> well, and, and it was all bespoke right like it was all bespoke like every yes. like back then even though of course you had like standardization and replacement of parts from the industrial revolution there weren't just like pieces there weren't just like you know uh, uh oil derrick kit yeah. right like i mean you had to like have like the craftsmen in the area be like no, I want it like this. And those guys probably haven't built a derrick before, especially right. way out there, right? Like in, in setting in, in that area of California, they, he mentions that, and I, I, by the way, I just to say that I've seen this movie dozens of times. It's, it's like my brain keeps telling me it's my favorite movie, but my heart keeps telling me like, well, there's gotta be like, I mean, it, I mean that movie, like there's gotta, that movie came out in the aughts, right? like, there has to be another movie that's your favorite movie, <laughs> but I keep going back to it. I love every bit of it. So I've seen it a ton. He mentions that Standard Oil bought somewhere off to the north, uh, quite a ways from Little Boston. And that's pretty much the only oil action there. So imagine, like like you were saying, Steve, like imagine the idea of like, well, we got to get, I mean, these guys can build houses and barns, but they need to build this derrick. And it's going to be its own, I'm sure that no two were alike, right? Like, yeah, right. right. Um, yeah, especially in that era. So it's really interesting. Well, I know, but they just were just the, filling the oil into ditches. They didn't really have... Oh. That was this was early. They didn't know, you know, what to do that, with it or that, how to. I was, I was beside myself when I saw. It. I'm like, isn't it just gonna seep back in? But I mean, <laughs> I guess it, I guess it stays up enough that they can. I was like, that's crazy. I mean, the the whole the I loved the beginning of this movie. Yeah. Um. The the I I would have, you know, they say it went like 14 minutes without a a spoken word, and I was mm-hmm. like, I could have done with another 14. I I no. like. I like that part of the movie so much more than most of the rest of it. I was mm-hmm. like, I was intrigued with it. The only thing I did have, I did have issue was, is and and people are all up, you know, like no one's really sure. Like, you know, he crawls himself out with his broken leg, and then they show the big long uh, look for uh, the distance, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm, what the heck? I'm thinking he didn't crawl that far uh, back. You no. know, it's like. <laughs> It's kind of tucked away in the shot because it's all like bleached out. 
Yeah. It's just like the sun. But he's crawling kind of toward, he has like where his tent is. Yeah. Like I'm he's angling he... back like toward the tent. And I think from there, a passerby or something got him. Maybe back. he had a horse, no way. a mule, something. Yeah. It's just showing yeah. his determination, his conviction yes. to, to survive yeah. where most people would give up, you know, and that's, some, yeah. I mean, I think more, it's just the fact that he's able to pull himself out of that, out of that ditch. Out that's of that. wild. Um, yeah. So that, that was my other, like, and this is, this is where I have a hard time putting my brain aside is when he's up there and he's trying to pull his barrel, his uh, bucket out. <laughs> and it's like, dumbass, you do that before you set the, you know, you, you, if you have to do it twice, you, it's like, think smart, you know, work smarter, not harder. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah. I was like, God damn it. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, so, so you got to think about the fact that like, well, I love that, like the underpinning of like how much you had to know back then. So right. like, so Daniel mentions that he worked for the geological survey in Kansas mm -hmm. and he learned about like laying land. He learned about, um, how to, um, change, how to measure elevation which you see yeah. later with like the, when he builds the pipeline that he knows how to mark all that out. He also learned a lot, I think, in that time about just geo like, like geology and about the way things are made. But I don't think he ever did learn like this is how you silver mine. I think he knew to get right. down there and he knew that there could be a silver vein there, right? But the actual, I think, the ins and outs of like, well, yeah, of course, you go down once, you, you uh, drill your holes out or whatever for the dynamite. You set the dynamite, take your tools out of the hole, come yeah. back down. Light I think it. he's just like, no, I'll just be able to, I, I pull it up at the end of every day. I mean, yeah. like, like, I'll just, I'll be able to do it with a ton more tools in it. That's fine. Well, he, um, sets, a, he sets a long fuse and he almost seems really casual when he goes up. You know, oh. he, he's not anxious. It's like, so so I, I, I got the sense that he was confident he had plenty of time or at least but then suddenly he couldn't pick it up. He had too many tools. So yeah, it wouldn't work. I guess like <laughs> I yeah, that was just one of those ones in the beginning. I was like, what a, yeah. what a dumbass. Okay, but I mean, it's mm -hmm. it sets it up. It it really does. I mean, it it sets up the whole the whole determination thing, and it and, and they does a great job with it. Uh, then we you know we get into uh, where they they start. Uh, he finds oil down at the end of the silver mine. Uh, is what I'm assuming is is that probably yeah, that he finds that. I think he just uh, gets, the he same. finds silver. Yeah, he just finds silver. He yeah. gets $3.42 for his silver. Um, and know. he uses that, I think it's $347 or something, but he winds up using that to hire the men. To do to the oil, okay. oil lease. So now and I've only seen he, it once. I've only seen oh, it once. Oh, no. Hey, it's fine. I've, I've so, seen enough for, for all three of us, so it's fine. So here's an interesting fact that I thought, in the, and this can come into that, you know, $340. Um, so I did it from the time of 1882, right? He got, he was talking about $500 to give to Paul, right? Yeah. Paul got $500 from him. For today's inflation, $500 would be worth $14,329. So yeah. that's, that's, you know, we're all thinking $500, damn, that's just giving them like whatever. Mm -hmm. No, that's a significant amount of money when you really break it down. Yeah. You know, and first he oh, was absolutely. at yeah, and we never saw Paul again. He's gone. He's like, okay, I got my oh, he's money. Out, dude. He, he got fourteen thousand dollars. Yeah, he's he's on. Well, I mean, we get the we get the the um, information that he started his own oil company and was yeah. you know getting a lot. I mean, that's when he talks about he's get, he's got three oil uh, you know uh, wells coming yeah, three, up with like three oil wells. You know, you know, pulling you know several hundred barrels a day. Yeah, know? he says like <laughs> something like that. Well, he was doing it in he was doing it in dollars and not in barrels, which you know. Oh, that, no! It was it was five thousand a week. Yeah, is what he was saying it makes which five thousand a week. Because 
you know, you talk barrels to most people and they're going to be like, well, yeah. I don't, I don't know what that correlates to, but when you say money, then people go, Oh, okay. Especially mm -hmm. if you go like I did and went on the internet and say, okay, how much money would this be worth now if I got that then? And I was like, damn, that's, that's a lot of money. You know, well, it's funny in that final scene with Eli, where he tells him about his brother is right. that he either, he either lies, misremembers or adjusts for inflation. Cause he tells him he gave uh, Paul $10,000 on the spot. Well, I, well, I was dollars on the spot. Like, I don't think he said spot. I thought he just said I gave him ten thousand dollars, which might have been remember because he said I want the five hundred up front and then I want more later, and that's where I thought yeah. it was maybe he the guy's like oh shit you gave me an ocean of oil I'm gonna hook you up, where you know I'm just almost hundred percent sure he says I gave him ten thousand on the spot because I remember we remember seeing that and going like Daniel are you like inflating that. He's pretty drunk at the end. He's kind of, he's, he's in oh, his own. Yeah. Well, own it's, also so many, it's also like so many years later yes. that in his mind, right? It could have been like, well, no, I gave him his 500 and then I paid him, you know, to his memory, the yeah. you know, 9,500 or basically to, to equal $10,000. Yeah. So for me, it's all wet transaction. Right. But like, I think he's just more concerned about making Eli feel like, yeah. Like shit. You know, as yeah. bad as he can. Yeah, oh, absolutely, sure. absolutely as shitty as he possibly can in the moment. Um but yeah, like and yeah, so when when he gets when he gets his oil well proved and that's and that's the first death, right? That's the first like the death of HW's father mm -hmm. that leads Daniel okay. to adopt him and it's such a that's such an interesting opening like kind of gambit for him though. So, interesting enough, I did not pick up on the fact that he wasn't his father from the get-go. It wasn't until oh, the very end where they talked about it that I was like, oh, no. And then I was like, is he just fucking with him? Like, mm. because it's, you know, it, it it is however it is. It, it works out because he really wanted to use him, essentially. You know, he, he basically used him as a tool um, in in a way, uh, not only for his business, but for his own personal side. There's We'll go into that later. But, yeah, I, I didn't realize it was a different father. And people go, no, if you go back and watch and actually look at the – because they all look the fucking same. They, no, all... Everyone's got a mustache, and everybody's kind of half covered in oil. Yeah. Like, or sand, one of the two. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the picture with him holding the baby and then dumping the oil in the, in the little uh, – oil pool i was pit. like yeah yeah i'm like now i've done some crazy shit with my kids but i don't know if i'd be holding them and dumping oil <laughs> like but then well, again I mean, like at the time i don't think number one they understood like exactly how bad oil was just to like petroleum just to have on you oh for sure I mean, they were kind of like well it comes from the earth it's like water like yeah. it's just nasty water basically exactly um you know it's, it's all natural i'm sure they would have you know dug up plutonium and thought the same thing um <laughs> uh but uh but yeah, it's a different guy, but I understand how it does look weird, especially because Daniel is always seen later in the movie wearing that particular kind of hat. Yeah. But in that whole scene, he's wearing like a rounded bowler hat, which yeah. is very similar to the other. It's weird. But yeah, he does He does take HW, and that's like one of those scenes. It's, the movie has a theme of like what, uh, like a, a mortal, like, like a, a mortality cost to oh. industry and to business and to capitalism and stuff. And I think... That's the first strike. It's kind of like he strikes oil, a man dies, right? Like, okay. And then later on, I mean, when later on in Little Boston, when the well comes in, HW is stricken blind. Before yeah. that, a man dies down in the well yeah. because, you know, after he didn't bless the well and all this stuff. So there's like, there's a trail of bodies kind <laughs> yeah. of when it comes to, comes to it. I think that that's supposed to, at least in, in my interpretation, it's supposed to symbolize a little bit of like, here's this constant like blood cost 
yeah. of progress of of the entire industry basically and, mm -hmm. and that was because it's based off of a uh, i can't think of the guy's name right now but a book from, sinclair yeah from the 1920s of of um called oil and he's a he's a um he did a lot of books and in, in novels and stuff where he was kind of like really trying to push a, an agenda he was really pushing uh trying to educate people on how socialism is a better thing and so he's very anti-capitalist very anti i think anti-religion they even said um, yeah. And so his now the b movie is only like a quarter from the book and it and it's yeah. so it's but it does take a little bit of that where it does show and 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 I didn't see it as much as as a knock on capitalism specifically mm -hmm. but more of the evilness of a single person and and what they can do when they're greedy um, not necessarily capitalism yeah. in, in whole and I think that's where the the movie is different from the book where the book I believe yeah. where the kid. So I think I, I think that uh, from from what I know about Upton Sinclair because um I haven't read Oil but I have read The Jungle right mm -hmm. which was a book that he did that was about meatpacking right and a lot of what of what Sinclair was trying to bring to the table was just like even maybe despite his own like kind of anti-capitalist views uh, or anti-religious views I believe he was a Marxist um is is more like just exposing what was happening yeah which capitalist socialist call it what you want was awful. Like the meatpacking industry was like awful. And not only for, he obviously had the, the eye for the laborer, right? Talking about what they're made to do. Yeah. But very much like, you know, for the people kind of thing, but also just letting people know that's what it is. And Will, from the perspective of that, when the jungle came out, it was like, y'all ready for this? This is what's <laughs> happening with your meat, right? Will, it was a tale already known at that point, right? I think he definitely came at it from an angle of like, all right, you see this guy who's a multimillionaire, right? He's an oil baron. He's basically Daniel Payne at the end of the movie. He's got this like mansion bigger than yours, survives the Great Depression, no problem. Like he's fine, everybody's fine, right? But like what, how did, he, what was his journey, right? And that's definitely like the part I think that influenced this movie the most, which was yeah. like, um, the journey was from, I was scratching in the dirt, broke my leg getting $300 in silver, to get a men and a string of tools to go dig this this you know well and how dangerous it all was to now they're these like rich elites mm -hmm. but that that was the same man who did both those things you know right. what i mean it, it, it's that uh what kind of drive would it take to get there right like the people that succeeded how did they succeed well because it was... the movie is littered with people who haven't succeeded True. like henry for example like his you know so-called brother like <laughs> right henry Henry's like, I failed so much, it just beat the life out of me. Like, he straight up just says that pretty much. Yeah, like, yep. um, And you see a broken version of someone who doesn't have the same fire, right? Um, well, Eli's the same way. I mean, he comes in broken oh. at the end, too. Um, oh, yeah. And Eli, that he brings in the religion with, with this movie, and, and I yeah. don't think the book, Upton Sinclair's book, really explored religion yeah. in this way, whereas here, that becomes very much a comparison of Eli versus versus Daniel and, and how they are false prophet, false promises, the way they, they manipulate mm -hmm. in order to, to gain uh, attention and gain get what they want in the end, yeah. I saw it as a, as a, as a big power struggle between the two, right? Hell I didn't yes. see it as... Hell as, yes. <laughs> well, okay. not necessarily the, the battle between religion and, and capitalism, but more the battle yeah. between these two guys for power. And it was it's, one of those things is I sit back and I look. They both have God <laughs> complexes. That's what it is. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I think if you zoom out, I think I think this is what it is. I think I think that there's two angles to, to take on this on this film. 
there's the bird's eye view, which I believe is a story about, and I think it was best put, I think it was a New York Times uh, writer wrote this. Uh, I read this quote when I was doing research. From the bird's eye view, the film, I think, is about how America has never squared away the balance of capitalism and religion and the power that those systems, just being themselves, puts on certain individuals, a very limited number of individuals, and how the main public kind of doesn't really have a, a say or a do in how those things are orchestrated, right? And so it's the struggle where those things meet head to head, two power structures that create powerful people by simply existing, right? Like you have capitalism, you have rich people, you have you, know, you have like you have billionaires, you have religion, you have like the preacher all the way up to the to the pope, right? Like this all happens. But zooming in, which is where I think you're at, um, Noah, is it is about two men's power struggle in yeah. one space. There's a limited amount of resources, and they each see themselves, and, and the God complex thing is pretty right. They each want to be the one that when you think about little Boston, you think about Eli. That's what right. Eli wants. And yep. Daniel wants, when you think about little Boston, you think about, I built, Daniel built this city. Like it was nothing when I moved here. <laughs> I brought this to these people. And I think that both views are completely valid. It just can depends I, on I, what scope you're looking at. Can yeah. I add a third perspective? Because sure, I, of course. I, I, was, I was out today and I was thinking about how the film opened and you know well i kind of i first asked my question i asked the question about daniel and he's whenever he's they ask about his past he says i'd rather not talk about that we really don't know anything about his mother his father that's kind of this blank slate and i thought about the opening of the movie and i never saw this in any of the any of the youtube so i don't know if this is stuff that's out there or people have talked about but the opening scene the very first time we see it he's at the bottom of a ditch and if you think of that from the point of view of family and life itself, it's almost like yeah. he's in the womb. He climbs out, he is mm. birthed, you know, and and it becomes, yeah. you know, he, we don't, even, this is before he even has a voice, which that's when you get into religion. In the oh. beginning was the word, you know, the word was with God, the word was God. Oh, no, no, no. But, I'm with you on that, yeah. But but the whole the whole idea of this relationship with Mother Earth, this this where he keeps trying to return to the womb to extract the milk, or or you know, and and almost in a corrupting way because he goes down and he he blows it up and he gets you know he ends up getting uh, getting clipped because he goes back in he, where he probably shouldn't be going. Yeah, he um, he he plunders it like he plunders the womb. Right, like when he goes back to it, he and there's a lot of. And I think you're dead on because there's a lot of allusions to uh, drinking milk and the the blood of the lamb, and there's a lot of things about like drinking from something and like getting nourishment or corrupting corrupt something while you're doing that. Well, not only that, what's the first thing he does to DW to HW when he when he gets when he adopts him? Basically, he corrupts him with by dipping the the mother's milk into his whiskey flask. And and we see yeah, absolutely. Wait, well, I want to I want to touch on that yeah. real quick because having children and uh, having had this myself, when a child is teething, there's nothing better yeah. for it than putting a little bit of whiskey or a little bit of rum right on their gums. I, I get that, but it's not the only time. I think they come back to it, and he certainly oh yeah uh, has a problem. You know, he passes out. And, he know, is he not a well, good well, father figure. Oh, like, like kind of in order, right? I think that his dad, like like HW's bio dad actually is the one that drops that does the um the uh the lion king uh you know oh, like yeah the oil on his, on his on his forehead right <laughs> and then he dies and then 
you see a scene where Daniel, I think he's sterilizing or teething, like like either either one. He's sterilizing the end of the bottle with the whiskey, or he's like doing the teething thing. I think both are yeah. probably well, both. Frankly, yeah. From a writing perspective, it was probably effectively ambiguous. You know, they probably said, "Oh, you know, you can think both yeah. ways, and they're both right." <laughs> yeah. I, and then, I, actually, uh, and then, I looked yeah. at him like he wasted a lot of whiskey on that. Like oh, he he just, really he, I was like, God damn, like that just seems odd. You know, you're out in that wilderness. You're not going to just pour out that much. Right. That's true. I, that, that was, that's true. That's my mindset oh. when I watch movies though. <laughs> oh yeah. No, no, no. I think, I think, um, so, so that, I think the, uh, the only other time you see like alcohol with HW is obviously after HW's accident, when he's cutting his milk with 50% whiskey and making him drink it. So yeah. that he will continue to be docile. Yeah. Like, and that's a super dark part of all that. And, and when you start thinking about, like, so I guess one thing we could talk about is, like, unless somebody else had something they were still continuing with, would be, like, Daniel and HW. Like, because yes. this movie's all about relationships. It's all about, yeah. like, Daniel's relationship with each person in the film and what that, what that kind of shows. The HW relationship is actually interesting because it starts to be, it starts to create a theme for me which is Daniel is trying to relate to someone. Yeah. Daniel wants someone to be like him. And the mm -hmm. longer he's lived and the more determination he's shown, the more men that have died and the more whatever, I think he starts to really realize that no one's like him. So he tries to take someone else's son. And the scene where he's on the train and they're leaving the the, the dig and he's got, you know, HW in, in like right next in the to the box. Lady. Yeah. Yeah, he's a little baby and the, and he's letting him like pull on his face and like whatever and he looks like a doting father. Yeah. Like and in that moment I think Daniel truly is like okay. My dad was shit, my mom is shit, my whole family is shit. I left that place cuz no one's like me. This is a chance for me to start new. This child is a new uh, I can raise him. He's he's he can raise him to be my son. Mm -hmm. But the minute you go forward and HW has the accident it all changes. And I think that Daniel lost him there. Like Daniel, and even after the accident, Daniel lays with him on the ground. They're, they're both covered in oil. And it's that scene where HW's humming, like trying to hear his own voice. And and Daniel's trying to do it. He's like, mm, like behind his head, trying to, like, he doesn't know what to do. I think, yeah. but I think he's truly devastated. Like in, in front oh, of an animal sure. like Daniel, <laughs> like who is mainly just an animal. It's one of those scenes that poke at, he is a human, but the minute HW gets hurt, he can't deal with it. And that makes him, well, you can't be like me because you can't be me and be deaf. Like, that's not a thing. Yep. I agree with 100% of that. Uh, I, I think you're right. It is the relationship. And, he, and it is one of those is he was being that father figure until he was damaged. And then at yes. that point, he's like, oh, no, you're damaged goods. Uh, you you can't be the 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 oil baron. I'm going to teach yes. you to be. And not and just yeah. not just damaged, but he took they took away his hearing. And with with Daniel Plainview, his voice, how he uses his words, is so yes. critical that he. I think I think the father did not know what to do if his son could not hear no. him. But he was. I you're think right. Was, no, I mean. There was still love. I think when he finally abandons yeah. him on the train, you do see a, a, a tear in his eye as he runs off, you know, so. Um. He is, that's, that, that, Daniel Day-Lewis, first of all, I mean, I could, I could talk forever. He is, in my opinion, perfect in that film. There's, there's never a shot where Daniel Day-Lewis isn't just perfect. Um, that, 
he's doing that thing where he's working his lips, like almost like he's talking to himself when he's walking down the train ramp and down and back to the car. And you see HW like screaming from like the car and it's going yeah. away. And he's just like doing this like mouth working, like he's working through all the like awful stuff he's having to do right now. Yeah. Because I think that like Daniel kind of sees himself as a bit of a predator, like an actual like animal predator. And okay. if you think about the way that like pack animals, like abandoned injured pack animals, like HW can't be that elite anymore. He can't be an apex predator because he can't hear. And Daniel's trying to, I think, uh, write his, uh, or square his feelings with just the reality of it. And I and he doesn't know what to do. So it's like, oh, send him away. And maybe he'll come back and maybe he'll learn to read lips or maybe he'll, he has that scene with, with Henry uh, where he's talking about him. He says, does your sound come back? I don't know. I don't know if it comes back. Like, so that um, <laughs> I have a hard problem with it. Like I agree with you. Like he's a little bit hurt, but I'm I'm torn between: is he hurt because he lost his potential sire, or is he hurt yeah. because he actually loved his son? Now, mm-hmm. when he when the way he treats him after that, and the way he oh. goes in, it, it, I I am uh, more to the to the he lost his sire. He didn't care as much as we thought he cared, because when he comes back, he still doesn't give a damn. Like he he. You know, he never saw him as like he didn't. He never really put in any ever any effort to learn to talk to him. So I think his no his care dropped as soon as he realized he lost him as a partner. But but I, right? I don't well, know. If I, just I, saying he's yes. evil is 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 correct. But I, I think we want to start. Oh, exploring, that's fucking evil. I think we want to start exploring uh, the relationship he has with the imposter Henry um, because he oh. the the stuff that he shares with Henry. Uh, Henry in quotes, I'm yes. not sure what it is, but uh, his, his, <laughs> how, you know, I think he recognizes the, the predator in him, the, the, you know, that, that whole monologue where he talks about how he just doesn't, you know, he hates people. And, and um, yeah, I, I understand it, that. It's, it's, I mean, he knows, which, yeah, yeah, it, he knows a lot of he, what the evil that he is, and he he wants to yeah. he wants to pass it on. He wants to get get rid of it somehow. He wants that's well, where he he, wa- he wants to find someone else that feels that way. Yes, that, that's like him. Right, to and, share. And that's and the betrayal. Like, well, that's the betrayal. I don't yes. think it's no, yeah, it's the betrayal that Henry is not of the same father. You know, that was the deceit. Yes. So therefore, he is not like him, and therefore, that is the he's, ultimate betrayal. <laughs> he's unworthy. Yeah. Well, I saw I saw this as like he was the replacement for HW. He he always yes. had to have a partner, and that partner had to be family. He cared this is where the blood, the blood from the title oh, yeah. comes in. Right. Yeah. He had to have someone blood. He had to have someone because he said like, well, you know, if if you're uh, of of your if you what was it? He there's a word where he used like, well, if you're if you're my brother, then then it's in you too. Yeah, he says something like, well, if it's in me, it's in you too. Exactly. Because that scene is so telling. So when he's talking, that, that scene with Henry is beautiful. So it's the most you ever hear Daniel talk about the way he feels about anything. It's yes. the only scene where he ever opens up. There's there's two scenes where he opens up about something from his past and they're both with Henry, right? And that first one is him just openly saying, like, I, I hate most people. He has a <laughs> lot of great lines there where he says, like, um, I have a competition in me, Henry. Right. Is a big line uh, because that that starts to talk, that starts to lean, to me to lean a little bit toward the, the capitalist, maybe, um, or the, the greed. Uh, the greed, for angle. sure. It's like, it's in me. Like I, And he keeps saying it's in me. 
Like it, like it, it's like almost woven into me. Like it's not something I do or a tactic I like. It's how I am. I like I'm a predator. I don't, I don't think about uh, about uh, eating plants off the ground. Like that's not like <laughs> I'm not that guy. Like I've got I've got I've got canines for a reason. Like I, I hurt people, oh. and that's his. It's it's in. Like, yeah, it's almost like yeah. Like a predator has sharp teeth. He's like this is in me. I've got these, and he says things like. Um, a line that I love is when he says, like, you know, I hate most people, and he, he gives a pause, and he goes, like, and I don't have to look past knowing them to get what I need. Right. And that just says a lot about, like, he's like, oh, I just see a few things someone does, and I'm like, yeah, I hate you. Like, yeah. I, like I hate you. I want no one else to succeed. He says that. It's a yeah. big scene. And then Henry, all he really does, like, and he tries to say, like, well, you've got to have that in you, too. And yeah. Henry's like... Henry just looks at him and says something to the effect, I can't remember his line, but he says something like, well, trying so hard and failing, I just don't care. He says that, yeah. I just don't care. And that's when Daniel says like, well, if it's in me, it's in you too. Yeah. And, and he's, he's <clears throat> wanting to believe it, even though Henry, Henry's a shadow of a man. Like, yeah. Daniel has to look past so much non-Daniel-like behavior, which is just being kind of like a broken man. But he's like, well, no, 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 because if it's in me, it's in him. Yeah, he knows what I feel like, and I can, I can. That's someone like me. So, so then, I, I yeah. looked at it as like uh, Henry was a replacement for uh, um, the son after he sent him off, right? Yeah. But he was an adult yeah. version, so he could actually interact with him like an adult like he could yes. talk to him a little bit deeper and and what it gave to us as as an audience is a little bit more understanding of daniel and so i think yeah. that's why he was in there and, and it worked out really great and yeah it it was one of those is now we can get a little bit deeper understanding and 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 also see that he has this need for an attachment to family and this is you know we don't get his backstory other than he said oh yeah your father died Right. You know, yeah. their their father died. And so, you know, but you don't even get any reaction out of him. So he didn't really fucking care. So, yeah, he like Steve was talking about earlier, he probably left, you know, and went off and do his own thing. But yeah. he still wanted that attachment somehow. And that's why he had the son. When the son was broken, he sent the son off. And now he's got a brother. The brother's not broken and everything is good until all of a sudden mm -hmm. the brother isn't the brother. And now the brother's broken. Fuck, and then he's like, My "Oh, God. cap, cap, you're done." Yeah, which uh, I was like, well, the, "Oh, like, oh we get but the son wasn't the son wasn't of blood. He knew he wasn't of the same blood, but yes. he's of an age where Daniel could probably do something about that. Yes, Where, whereas Henry, the, I, yes, yeah, yeah, it's a whole different story. It's, with it's, Henry. it's it's nature, it's nature versus nurture. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think that Daniel's Daniel's first step for experiment one was nurture <laughs> he's like well i could take this boy who's just nothing oh, he's a yeah, baby nice. literally he's like not even speaking yeah, and yeah. i could literally nurture him into me and exactly. he'll be me i even dress him up in a little like little mini me suit and exactly. he stands next to me and he watches me like do like that great oil speech i love his oil speech like when i say i'm an oil man all this <laughs> they're like oh oh i love it and and hw's there for the whole thing HW's there when he tries there's a scene a throwaway scene where he like in the beginning where he's trying to negotiate with just that couple that older couple, yeah. and he's like trying to get him to go, and HW's right there, you know, he's yeah. watching. So I think the first experiment was nurture. Well, yep. we never got to see how that turned out because, well, we, at the end we do, um, because it turns out, yeah, HW's not an animal. Um, but uh, you know, he gets hurt, and then yeah, it's on to number two, blood. Okay, nature. Yep. Great. Um, Henry's my brother, even though yep. he's a beaten, broken man, and I don't know if I have respect for him as a predator. 
he is like a wolf, like, because he's of my blood. He may not look like a wolf, but he's got to be, right? <laughs> and then they make it all the way to the coast, and then that damn beach scene has to happen, which my friends and I kind of joke about, like, how Henry, like, should have, like, like, Henry's not much of a bullshitter, I guess, at the end of the day. Like, like, like at, the, at first he was, but, like, I always, my, my big joke with that scene is, like, when, when uh, so obviously there's the big reveal, right, where, where like, Daniel knows. Like, they're sitting there. It was he's the Petrie Comet. Right. Uh-huh. He's talking about the, the oh, his house back, uh, back in Fond du and all this stuff. And it wasn't house, even like, that. It wasn't even the house though. It was he's like, hey, let's let's yeah. get these chicks it's drunk and take, dance. and take them to the peach tree dance, and he didn't react. So apparently, oh, yeah. something about this peach tree dance was big back in wherever he came from. Yeah, like so, it's it, almost to the point where like he didn't because because I think he tells and, and that's the he says the, it twice. The, the house, oh yeah, the house in Fondelay is 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 that other open up mm-hmm. where he's like you know talking about that house that he even as a child wanted to have children and he wanted to grow up and clean that house and like it was such a big house and and then henry's like well you can have whatever you want now daniel (laughs) which i kind of feel like that's how every conversation so i watched that movie with my buddy brad on my most recent rewatch he never seen it before and we're kind of talking about henry and and we're just talking about different stuff and how uh, you don't really see daniel and henry talking a lot like you get that that porch conversation where he's is very honest right Mm-hmm. And then at the end, you get the, remember that house and all my feelings about it? And Henry's like, sure, Daniel, you're the best. Yes. <laughs> oh, I was telling him, I'm like, I don't think it's needed because, like, you just know that's how every conversation of theirs ever went, was how the beach went, which was, remember this? And Henry's like, yep. And he's like, remember how much it meant to me? And he's like, well, me too. You're the best, Daniel. But that's what Daniel wants at, like, out of it. Yeah. Right? Like, like that, That's what he just needs to unload. But that scene where he says, like, yeah, get him liquored up, take him to the peach tree dance. And boy, Henry's like, yeah. And the second time he says it, my brother and I are always like, oh, no, Henry would be like, oh, hell yeah, that peach tree dance. I'll tell you what, that's some hot fire. Like, <laughs> that's all it would have taken. But, like, Daniel gets that, oh, my God. And that scene, how awkward is the scene afterwards where they're, like, at the whorehouse? Yeah, and he's and asking he's him for asking money. for the money. That scene takes forever ever to end and it is awkward the whole time like he's got that stank face like I guess <laughs> oh and the and the laughing yeah like just the laughing and the girls laughing off out of camera and daniel's just looking like he wants to murder like everyone in the building and yep. he's like give me some money <laughs> give me some money it takes 20 years yeah oh, that's such an awkward scene but yeah then henry dies because henry <laughs> So that was that was my other little like uh this is kind of he dug that hole really quick. I mean, California okay. is, it, there there's there's not a lot of land especially down in Stockton where you can just dig. It's there's a lot of clay. <laughs> you can't well, he, just He uses pickaxe. He uses they, pickaxe to break and, up the soil. And they do a they do a scene transition. It's not like they it's not like a cut or it's not like a full shot. Yeah, it's not instant. I yeah. think it was supposed to be over one night. It looks mm-hmm. like it was, he kills him and then digs absolutely. that hole in one night. Okay. Oh, yeah, absolutely. As an yeah. old man, because he would have been in his 30s, 40s at that time. Trust me, uh, I've tried to... In, in a rough 40s. Yeah. I think he's in his rough... And it's been a, a rough 40 years for your man. Like, I've, ha- I've had to bury a cat in my backyard, and that digging that hole was a bitch. And I didn't even get anywhere uh-huh. close to the size. And I'm like, yeah, no, that... that yeah. I'm like, mm, 
But, you know, it is what it is. I, I I understand the story and how it has to come, and those are the little things that I have to turn my brain off of, which is hard. Well, when it comes uh, to digging a hole, he's probably your guy, so if anyone's going to do it, you know... No, no, might... no. <laughs> 30 years... your man. Yeah. 30 years ago, he would have dug a hole. He hasn't dug a hole in a while. That must... Yeah, no, he's paying people to dig the holes now. No, it, you know, it's been a solid, like, decade since your boy's, yeah. like... Like touched got, a, a shovel, probably. He ain't got calluses oh. on his hand anymore. Don't don't tell me that. He's no. He's I always think much... it's just cute. I think it's cute coming from uh, being a native of Florida my whole life. I think it's it's funny that uh, you have to use a pickaxe to dig a hole. Oh Because shit, here yeah. it's either sand, <laughs> yeah, sand and soil, or just rich black soil, and yeah, you just dig a hole. And the only <laughs> thing you have to worry about is roots. There's always yeah. like roots around here, like some oak tree or some old crap. <laughs> but, like whenever I see someone in a movie, like. Well, I guess I better use this pickaxe to like churn up the soil before I dig. I'm like, oh, that's a whole other step. Oh yeah, I, like, no. I, I got respect for that. We don't got to do that down here. We got clay. We got rocks. We got yeah. No, it, there is no just dig a hole anymore no. in California. It is ridiculous. <laughs> so yeah, that's so, and then you got to put the dirt somewhere when you dig a hole. That's what I hate. No, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Figure out where to do that. <laughs> right. That was the other thing is is like he was digging and then oil starts coming up in the in that uh, little hole. Water. I was like, water. Water. Was what was it water? Um, yeah, because it's, I mean, it's right there. Well, yeah, okay, they might have been close to the beach, but yeah, the, I yeah. thought it was supposed to be oil. Was someone was talking about how like anytime the death was around, the oil was there and stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm sure the water is supposed to symbolize oil. Absolutely, okay. I, I'll, I, I'll, I'll I'll take that, that totally. That it's just like, oh, there's another dead body in in liquid. Basically, yeah, the looks yeah like, he could have. He could have. He could have. Like <laughs> he could have buried him on the the beach a lot easier than in in uh, the little uh, foresty area that he did. But yeah, you know. well, I, I think I think that they. I, I imagine because that was the night they got back from the whorehouse and stuff. They were camped probably just at the tree line. Like right. there was beach and a tree line, and they were yeah. probably right in the tree line, and that's where it went down. It yeah, was just right there. So either way, like um, that Such a crazy scene that, though. That shot. Okay, so like the <laughs> first time I watched that movie, I would hit you the same way. But like, you see him like walk up with the gun and he gets down. There's that tight shot of his face and he's got the gun. And he's like, What was the name of the farm next to the hill house? You know? yeah. <laughs> well done. And you see, you see Henry try like the weakest, like, I don't remember. Right. Tell me. And he's like, I'm sorry, Daniel. You're like, You folded like a rocking chair. Like, <laughs> or sorry, lawn chair. Rocky chairs don't fold very well, um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, your your boy folded like a launcher, and he's like he's like I took his story, Daniel, and and the thing I love about that shot is it's so long on him, right? It's just on Henry, and he's making his case. You know, your brother died of tuberculosis. Nobody killed him. Nothing bad happened. I was his friend. We tried to come see you, but we couldn't, and I didn't have any money. But after that, I took his story, and I had to come <laughs> see you, and and I didn't mean to hurt you. And I'm your friend. He's saying all this stuff, and he's doing. He's calm, and you're thinking, is Daniel buying this? And it cuts back to the reverse of Daniel's face, and his face is like purple, like with the gun. And you're like, oh, it didn't work. Yeah, like, no. That shot freaked me out the first time I saw it. I was like, because you're thinking, you're like, I don't know, am I going to cut back to Daniel like crying or like Daniel just like not knowing what to do? No. Daniel is like the most mad I think he ever is in the. Uh, he just. Like, Daniel Lewis's veins, like, in his forehead pop out a lot. And, like, <laughs> he looks like he's being strangled. That's how bad <laughs> he is. Like, and then, of course, low caliber round, you know. I mean, oh, right, yeah. 
people brought that up too. Like, yeah, that's oh, some that, brutal that. shit. Like, yeah, just in the back of the head and let him bleed out. Like, that's like, that's some cold shit. He you is, can tell he he thinks about shooting him again. Yeah, like he kind of puts the gun and tries to position it a different. But he's like, well, he seems like he's dying. I, I think he was like, you know what? Bullets are expensive. I ain't I ain't got that kind of money. Right? Exactly. Like, Matter just wants to let oh, yeah, him suffer a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, that's true. It's it's it, awkward though, but it is yeah. So, so that's that's Henry. I mean, Henry <laughs> Henry's opening shut right there. I mean, <laughs> well, yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's crazy brutal that I I mean, but then immediately after that, he brings back DW. So it goes again oh, yeah. to show that he has to have that. That connection and that's where i was like son yeah. of a bitch like he just you know i i understand I'm, i shouldn't say i understand but i mean i get the idea of why the character had the anger and stuff like that you know with mm. everything else he's done the betrayal is kind of crazy but when uh you know he goes in and and does that you're like okay yeah he's a pretty evil guy and then he brings back yeah. the kid you're like oh you motherfucker you just you gotta have one person there yeah. that that's your your sidekick you know, and just yeah. I mean, like, think I think his his idea. I think always was to kind of like throw HW at uh, San Francisco, <laughs> like at like a city with like people that know about deaf people. Like, it, it is yeah. his idea was to throw him out there, and then at some point that boomerang would come back, come back. and he would see <laughs> kind of like. It's almost like when you like put your car in the shop and don't know what's wrong with it, and you're like, I really hope when he calls me, he says he can fix it. Like, I hope that like <laughs> the, the the car comes back to me fixed, right? Yeah. Like, and if money isn't an issue, which at that point for Daniel, I don't think it is. He is just throwing a boomerang and hoping it comes back clean or fixed or something. Like, if it's a broken boomerang, will this thing come back repaired? And it's weird because HW is doing better. I mean. Mm-hmm. Beats the shit out of Daniel, which I appreciate. Oh like, yeah, I think everybody's like, let's go. Like when he like slaps Daniel, you're like, all right, let's do this. Um, because of course he abandoned him. But I, I think that was the best him... part for me was that because yeah. it showed some humanity in the movie. It's like okay, absolutely, and, and, yeah. and the fact that he took it. Like yeah, that was the more... He stood there yeah. and took it because he knew he he knew he was an ass and he deserved it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. He gets it. He's like, no, I, like I'd probably do worse. If someone yeah. did that to me, I'd do worse to him. So, yeah. I, no, word up. Like, and I think also he likes it. Uh, I think he likes it because that's that's like that's some Daniel Plainview coming out. Like, Daniel wouldn't take that lion down, and neither is HW. So he's like, fair. Okay, like, I like that. I like that. Too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fair. He's you like, got oh, me. Maybe you are a little bit more like me than I thought. You know, you're and not you're enough. not broken as as I thought. Nice. Yep. He's like, he's like, oh, you learned how to probably read lips. And he doesn't ever make an effort to understand his son, but he does. It, there's a lot of weird stuff in that with HW when he comes back. He, there's that leads to that scene where they're at the at the saloon and like the guys from Standard Oil come in, and he's got HW there, and it's that awkward scene where he has to like go confront them and he has to like kiss his son a bunch and he has to like, that scene is awkward. So, and so- that's. <laughs> ugh. Let me ask you this though. Now, when I watched that, like I saw that as maybe he brought the son back for no other reason than to throw it in these guys' face, these other oil guys, right? Because that was the other oil, the oil men of the area. 
they because they like well where's your son are you not taking care of him and so yeah. that's when daniel came back so to me it's kind of like it was like yeah you brought your son back but was it because you really brought your son back because you needed him or just to throw it in these guys face so that they can't fuck with you anymore on that aspect that was definitely a trigger in that earlier conversation when they're having when they're talking to him and he says something about oh, hey, yeah. you can take care of your boy and that all he says is something like that. You can take care of your boy if you, if you know we'll, we'll pay a million dollars for this. Spend some time with your boy. Yeah. Yeah. And and boy, he's just like, I'll cut your throat. And the guy's just like, whoa. Yeah. Um, and uh, yes, so maybe it, it did actually, uh, you know, get to a sore spot in Daniel where he felt oh. some of that shame <laughs> of, of abandoning his child. And of course, that humility comes in even more with Eli later with when when he gets oh baptized. So. Uh, so that scene, that's so, so yeah, so I, th- I think that scene, I think that like he probably, I think everything, every answer is right. I think he brought HW <laughs> back to, to, I think, honestly, I think he did it for all reasons. He did it to try to like reboot, like let, let's continue the nurture experiment. Let's try to get me a, a, an heir and someone who's like me. Someone I can just look, lean back with and go, don't you hate everyone? And he's like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> like they're animals. Oh, thank you. Like, you know, he wants that. I think it's also to have him see and be seen, right? Like, oh, my son's back. Look how look, look how uh, smart he's dressed. Like, look at, like, yeah. uh, that was for the people of Little Boston. That was if he runs into the guys from Standard Oil again. Like, that was for everybody. But I think the scene, with, when they walk in, I think he is genuinely surprised because he keep, he starts escalating. And the thing I love, the line I love the most is when he, like, drapes the napkin over his yeah. face. And he's like, he's like, well, we did a deal with Union on the pipeline and all that stuff. And then he stops. And he sees them reacting and he sits there and tries to like, okay, we're going to have dinner. And then he goes, okay, well, like it's almost, he decides like, no, I've got to go do it now. Yeah. And that's when he does that whole, like, you know, you look like a fool, don't you? And all that stuff. And he's like, don't tell me how to run my family and all that crap. Yeah. Um, So that's when they got to go that meme and they put the the digital glasses on him and he goes thug life. (laughs) No, that was a total thug life moment. (laughs) He drinks that man's whiskey. Then right. afterwards, he drowns that boy, and then H.M. Uh, Tilford, I know his name because I watched the movie a ton. H.M. Uh, Tilford's the guy he said he was going to cut his throat. Yep. Tilford's like, Tilford's like, excuse him, excuse me, gentlemen. And then Daniel's like, oh, excuse me, gentlemen, excuse him, gentlemen. You're like, dude, you just like lost your shit. Like, he's just like completely, yeah, it, it's wild. And like, yeah, and like I think that to round up H.W. is the end, right? Oh, um, which, yeah. which is the failure of the experiment. It's the failure of the attempt. He He's dealt with him. He's, you know, let him do his thing. But the minute he's going to become a competitor, he wants to leave the business. Well, I think that's what breaks him. He gets married in him. a church with a priest. You know, that's, oh, kind of, yeah. that's almost like a like an acceptance of oh. this, this, this father, this religion over his his own father. Um, I know oh, that's shit, I didn't even think of that. I think that's just more like symbolism oh, yeah. or something like that. But I, but with all the religious symbolism, I think that was. Well, important. you see from the shot of the church because because I'm I'm always trying to because it's kind of dark in there. I'm trying to scan. If I'm not mistaken, his uh his like um deaf teacher is his best man. That's definitely happening. Mary has like one woman next to her, and then there's only like three people in the pews. Like so, Daniel is not even at his wedding. Yeah. That's a fact. Like Daniel didn't go to that. Like, so, I, but at the uh, there's there's so much important stuff with 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 HW at the end, because when I, he finally says it, yeah. And Daniel, up to that point, Daniel never told him 
that he was someone else's child. Right. So when he does that bastard in the basket, that to me, that's him like done. Like experiment failed. I've held you on the string for this long. I've tried. I've, I've, I can sometimes think you're like me because you're an oil man like me, but you're not. And then he says the big line, which is like, there's nothing of me in you. Like, which is the, what he, I mean, it's the Henry thing. Like, oh wait, so none of me's in you? Well, you're done. And he, he, does, he does the same thing there. And HW's well, like, like thank God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and turns oh, that's the way. best. That could be almost the best line in the movie for me. Like, is HW saying, like, I thank God that there's none of you in me. <laughs> yeah. Walking out. I'm like, bravo. Because, like, it turns out that, like, yeah, you can't just, like, you know, nurture a child into being Daniel Plainview. And like, you, turns out that doesn't work. <laughs> and I love, I love the, the camera work, too, because it stays on HW as he's walking away. And you hear the taunts of his father, yes. of Daniel Bastard in the, in the basket. But you know that HW doesn't hear a thing. He's like, nope. Oh, absolutely. It's like nothing is being (laughs) heard. Absolutely love it. And the fact that Daniel's shouting it, knowing his son is deaf, Mm -hmm. is gold. Because he's just doing it for himself. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, my God. Isn't that brilliant? I love (laughs) that. That's a fucking light bulb. I didn't even think about that. Yes. Oh, and Steve, that's such a great way to put it, too. Because HW, the minute, because he knows, the minute I turn my back on Daniel, my father, my father, um, that's it. So he turns his eyes away, and you're completely correct. Yeah, that's it. And nothing else matters to him anymore. No, that's and awesome. I Daniel's didn't even think just screaming that. into the void, effectively. I guess screaming at his, at his like uh, teacher, like maybe somehow like, thinking they were like the guy's the gonna, guy's gonna... <laughs> Well, the teacher did kind of take yeah. over as a father figure, the interpreter. I mean, that one hundred percent. Just like 100%. you talked about him being the best man, maybe. I mean, that's that's something yes. that uh, didn't go over well when uh, when when DW or when you said no, you said DW earlier, which yes, which reminded me of my daughter's dolly that uh, that yeah. she had growing <laughs> up, and I'm like, oh, was it DW? It's like, no, you just got it wrong. No, it's but, w- WD. HW. <laughs> H-W. 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 No, D- um, DW is that a cartoon. Uh, yes. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah. No, my kids no. watch it too. That's why it's on my head. No, but that's funny. That's I didn't funny. even think about that, that you said that. Yeah, he can't hear the whole bastard in a basket comment. And it's like, yeah. he just, but that's, you, you, you hear him snap. You hear him Absolutely. lose it completely, which <laughs> then leads into the later stuff, which we haven't even started, but we'll get there. But, oh my, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up because I was, I, yeah. you know, everything I heard from other podcasts and listening and watching itself, I had never even thought of that. I'm like, oh, that's so fucking, that's like a in your face. That's so much better. That makes me feel so much better about that scene because that was a hard one for me. I was like, God damn it's it. Just, it. Well, I mean, it is. And it's like, he's already off the deep end, right? You know, we, yeah. he's, he's there way, way before this, but it's like, you know, and that's what this story is to me is, is the, the continued, dive of the personality of Daniel through, you know, his finding the silver, working his way up to the top, yeah. and then his mental dive into this psychosis. Yeah, I mean, it's like The Shining or Citizen Kane, where you just see these these central figures that that want that rise up and then and then and then fall. A lot of people, a yeah. lot of people talked about Citizen Kane being this is the, yeah. the the kind of the new Citizen Kane, and I was like, oh yeah, mm-hmm. okay, that makes sense. And uh, it, it is, and it is, it's crazy. And to to the point is, Daniel Day-Lewis kills this fucking role. 
Okay. Oh my God. Now I know the name Daniel Day Lewis. Like you know, I'm not I'm not an IMD Steve. I don't know all the actors. I don't know all the directors. I mean, it's not my it's not my forte. But I know that name. But I looked back and I'm like, well, what I've seen. The only thing I'd ever seen him in was the the Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Which you know that was big when I was when I was kind of a teen and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, so I know this name, but I I really haven't watched anything. And then watching this, I'm like, okay, I get why he's so. I mean, he is. He is such a crazy like you he check throws out, himself. You gotta check out Gangs of New York. That might be something. That... Okay, so okay, I have started. Yeah, Billy Butcher have... is a pretty close character to Daniel. It's it, it's kind of like a cousin character. I've watched as the archetype. I, I read that when HW was cast because they cast him in Texas. Uh, for, they were looking for someone who could handle a shotgun, basically. Yeah. Um. So they yeah. they cast from like more of a local uh, rodeo kid and. Um, and the mother, I guess, was apparently a little nervous about him, uh, you know, going off. So she, she looked up some Daniel Day-Lewis movies and the first one she watched was Gangs of New York. And she's like, oh, shit. Oh, so my appar God. Apparently after that, someone sent sent uh, her Age of Innocence and, and she came yeah. around because that's a little. Yeah. Weird. Or like or like a, or like a My Left Foot kind of oh, thing where it's like, oh, no, yeah. he's just like he's just a great actor. Come yeah. on. Like, <laughs> he's not a monster. And then, of course, it's in. It's a movie where it's probably his more, more most like horrific role that he's ever portrayed. Like yeah. um, the butcher. So speaking yeah. of that, so we so 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 how do you guys feel about getting into Eli? Because that's like awesome. that's where you can bring it home. Yeah, I like, want to bring Eli, that's the big, the big one. I want, I want to bring up one quick thing that Dylan sure. Frazier was the the kid that played DW or uh, yeah. HW, not DW. <laughs> yeah. Um, only acting credit ever. Yeah. Yeah. One 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 shot knocked it out of the park. Retired. Just and flipped Daniel his bat. Daniel Day Lewis calls him out in his acceptance speech for the Academy Awards too. Too. I think oh, that's, that's like funny. one of his only names that he shouts out. Uh, to, that's funny. To, to yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean like. Oh, I mean you want to talk about uh, like the situation. So you have Eli, which I mean I'm sure you guys saw this in in your prep, but like I'm fascinated by the story that like. So, so Paul Dana was only ever meant to play Paul, Paul right? Yep. Like he wasn't meant to play Eli Sunday until the actor that played Eli Sunday got legitimately scared off by Daniel in character offset. And I've tried to look up different stuff. I, I always heard that and I read it and I was like, I just, it's a fact. I think it's kind of weird that all of a sudden he had to become Eli, right? Like after he's like, well, I'm done. Cause they shot all that, that the beginning, most of that movie in sequential order. Mm -hmm. So like Paul Dana would come on set. He had been Paul Sunday, you know, Paul Sunday. And he had said, Oh, here's my ranch. Well, well, I want to leave now. Bye. And thought so, he was so done. He, he had already shot that scene before he knew he was casting the rest. Wow. I didn't know. Absolutely. That. Right. They told him at the end of the scene that, Hey, we're going to have you come back. It was at the end of the shooting. They're like, um, yeah, can you come he, back? Like two days later, we're going to, we're going to have yeah. Eli also. <laughs> he had four, he had four days to prepare total, probably like, two weekend days and then like two filming days to be like, all right, so this is Eli, I guess. Um, uh, and it, it said that the, I think his name is Kai O'Neill. I think it was the guy who was originally cast to yeah. Eli. Yep. Yep. You know, Danny Lewis and, and PT Anderson both have said that like it, the stories of him being scared off weren't true. True. But then the, the actor himself says that he was fired. Like he has a quote that I'm paraphrasing. He says something to the effect of, if I hadn't been fired <clears throat> from There Will Be Blood, I would probably still be an aspiring actor dreaming of making my own films. Because he went on to make direct movies. That's mainly what that guy did was, yeah. was, uh, as a director. He's only had a few acting roles. Um, so either way, it shook out. 
They had to go back and reshoot stuff they had already shot with the original actor, including the scene where Eli brings them wood for their campfire, and they look at him and go like, <laughs> right. Eli, right? Like, <laughs> that, that scene is crazy, because even as the viewer, I remember the first time I saw the movie, I was like, oh, this is some of that twist shit. Yep, yep. The, that's it, it was too. Eli as disguise in disguise as Paul, and then he just came back, got his 500 bucks, came back to the ranch, and was like, I'm Eli. That's I'm what a, I thought, I'm a twin. too. Yeah. It, Same, cause, yeah. Because he didn't want to tell him his name, and in the end, he says it, but just like, oh, that must have just been like a, a fake name that he threw out it's there. Just, yeah, yeah, just like a biblical name, Paul, fine. Yeah. I'm out. <laughs> yeah, like, honestly, like, you know what I mean? Like, like cool, John, you want John? Like, I'm gone. See you later. Well, it's their actor oh. name. This is Daniel, Daniel Day-Lewis, Paul, Paul Daniel. They're just, oh. they're just, they're just playing <laughs> their own It's their all name. there. <laughs> so, so, oh, yeah, so, so, so it's interesting because, uh, yeah, you've got, you've got Eli, like, as, like, Paul Daniel was Eli. And, oh, that starts... And that, to me, like, uh, is just like so much the core of it, right? You've got the, um, you've got the, 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 the capitalism versus the religion. You've got uh, two men vying for power in, in, in two very different ways. Um, Absolutely, and they both are selling snake oil in a sense. They've got that that yeah. stick. They've got. They're trying to to, you know, talk talk to their audience and and sell their audience a a story but i there there are definitely inherent differences in the two i would i would say that yeah. daniel plainview is a lot more um believes in himself where i i don't know about eli if if he knows if he knows what he's preaching is, is eli just, he's not as eli yes no i think you're dead on eli I, is a is a a slightly bigger fish playing in a small fish pond. I, like, I actually wrote a question down, uh, you know, what, what yeah. why are we, I, to me, I was much more drawn towards Daniel's character. I, I, part of me wanted him to, to win. He, I don't know. There was, there was something about yeah. his persona at the same time, Eli, he was, there was something about him that kind of had the opposite effect and yet they are it was slimy. They are very it's similar. Slimy, yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, he, but he came off, crosses as weak and um not as yeah. uh, not as sure-footed uh but uh they both have our power hungry boy he is uh, the thing about i think so so daniel definitely comes in as the catalyst that starts like he raises the game he makes it the major leagues because mm -hmm. when he gets there eli so um just from background you hear in dialogue and stuff so so it's implied that uh pretty pretty certainly that eli inherited his father abel's church like, yeah. there's a point where he says, like, when he does his whole power play in that screened-in tent, where he's like, oh, you'll introduce me. Uh, when I walk up, you'll see me, and you'll say, you know, the proud son of these hills who tended his father's flock, and then you'll say my name. I love that scene, because Daniel's like, uh, when you walk up. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, when I walk up, you'll say my name. I love that whole exchange, where he's like, what time will it be? What time is good for you, Eli? Yeah. Four o'clock it is. And then he absolutely wrecks his face. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, but he took his father's church and he has his kind of stable of like old infirm women and 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 people who are very like very pious and very religious, very, very um uh, you know, very old school, even for those days. Okay. Mm -hmm. And he lords over them. And you mm -hmm. see this that that's the way that little Boston was. 
was he lived with his dad at the house and then he went to church and he was the big man. He had all the answers and they all just, you know, shamble after him anywhere he goes, right? Because he's he's their faith leader and they all have their eyes on him. And he knows this. And to me, he's already basically like running that Daniel Plainview plan, but like at in-state for his scope of the game. He's like, I've got the church. I've got the people. They're all at my church. I don't care that the town's dying. I don't care that there's no children around here, but like my sisters, you only see like a handful of kids at first. You're like, I feel like this town's just going to die. It's a bunch of really old people. You see the same thing in churches where churches start to die, right? Because the congregation gets old enough and then their kids maybe go to different churches and you look at the congregation. I mean, this happened at my grandfather's church. I, I did a lot of audio there. So I saw like what they were doing. There's just a lot of lot older people and they're trying to get more people in, but you're, it's starting to fade away. And towns, little railroad towns did that out in the West all the time. Late right. 1800s, town just dries up. So Eli's running this game, this plan of these like old women. And then Daniel comes and completely changes the paradigm. Now Eli has to viciously compete to be uh, to be the, the town leader or the most impor- important person in town. And that sparks that fight between them. And it starts with Eli being like, but what about our oil? When he's trying to buy the land? Yeah. That's the funniest thing. Daniel's like, oh, what about it? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, you know. Uh, but yeah. So uh, so, so I, I feel like that. And, and, and I guess starting out with Eli, that, that's something what sets up like the, uh, the paradigm between the two of them, right? Between the church and the well and the prosperity that both claim to bring, but the church kind of wants some of that prosperity money, like from the oil. Cause like Eli's very much like, give us our $5,000. Yeah. Like, will the new road lead to the church? Like he's like all up in that. To me, it's like Eli was trying to do the right thing in a way, but he was doing it in a weaselly way. And that's what makes you not yeah. like him. It's kind of the, kind of his attitude and his, his way he talks and stuff very seems like snake snake oil salesman type i, I think they were both snake oilsmen but i think daniel uh he he built himself i don't think eli built himself he got the church from Abel. absolutely, um, absolutely. And, and so i think as an audience we see that and we can we we can connect more well we want to root for the <laughs> one that 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 builds himself up a, a bit more oh yeah. no 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 i didn't root for either one of these motherfuckers all right because i and, and this is and this is where this is where i have a hard time with this movie is like um daniel yes he built himself up but that doesn't excuse him for the evil and the bullshit he could have yeah. he could have squashed this fucking thing in the beginning by being an honest person like okay oh. i told you i'm gonna give you five thousand dollars Give him his fucking five thousand dollars. Let him build his church. But you still could be the fucking big dog. He still could have yeah. done that. But no, he was such an asshole about it and had to have the power the whole time. So I didn't root for either one I, of these. I, maybe that's not the right word. <laughs> no. but I was definitely more magnetized by Daniel's character. I was. Well, I was. Yeah. More, well, and, it, and then the opposite with Eli. I was. I was. I was repelled. So there's something. It, there's something different about the two that you talked about it earlier. About. You talked yeah. about it earlier with the voice yeah. and the spoken word and how much of a control and in, in, in a magnetism that Daniel brought when he spoke. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and someone brought it up that like he created that persona. He was an actor oh. essentially when he's talking. So, yeah, you like yeah. him more because of the way he spoke. And he yeah. he sucked up to every person he had to 
to get what he needed, but anybody he didn't have to, he shat on him right a fucking way. Oh, 100%, because because he's a machine. Like, yeah. He knows he knows how to get where he wants. He wants to be where, like, he says it to Henry. He says, like, I want to have enough money that I can just go away. Go away. Like, get away from everyone. It's his whole, and not owe anyone a thing and not have to deal with anyone I don't want to. That's his whole goal, because he hates people. Yeah. He so wants, he's like, how do I do this? He wants control, too. We see early on with that first speech yeah. that he gives when the, 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 the town, the hall is, is kind of getting a little too crazy and he just gets up yeah. and says, no thank you walks yeah. away I wouldn't take it if you gave it to me on a silver platter yeah. you know yes. I'm out because yes. there's no way yes. you can control that um, and, uh, totally. and and then that scene where you guys we've already discussed with at, with the the bar when when he kind of loses control he he keeps wanting to uh, top his insult and he can't he can't land his yeah. insult so he just keeps trying and mm -hmm. it looks awkward and awkward because he's lost control he's lost yeah. control, he's lost of, control. The, of the narrative of absolutely the, of the insult <laughs> yeah. yeah I think I think also he's a bit a bit of a rough man to be in fine society yeah. at, at yes. that moment in that saloon like everyone's oh, that's where the the H.M. Tilford uh, uh, wins out he's so soft-spoken and so quiet and so gentlemanly and Daniel can't really be that I think he can just be quiet he can uh, with with weak weaker willed people. Correct. No, it's true because because when he's talking to the town, yeah, when, when he makes the pitch in Little Boston, yeah, like he is like polite, of course, and and I think he can be, but up up in the rarefied air of society, I think that's why he yeah. ends up being a shut in at the end because he eats what he wants. But like the the wild thing is just you, you when you look at at the fact that Eli is also an actor, yeah, like. My, yes. One of my favorite scenes in the entire movie is his exorcism scene. Oh like my god, like that his, is great, dude! dude that great. scene is one shot, uncut. It is gorgeous. It is in equal parts hilarious and terrifying. <laughs> like every time I watch that scene, there are parts that scare the hell out of me and parts that I laugh at. Yeah, like and it keeps going back and forth. But like I was telling this to my buddy Brad, and it's one of my favorite moments. Uh, and this is like more. I'm, I'm definitely I'm like a sound engineer uh, by kind of nature, so I think about sound. And the scene where he first approaches the woman and he gets down, he's like, you have arthritis, don't you? And he starts whispering and stuff. When he starts saying that first, like, get out of here, yeah. ghost. When he starts doing that, all the people around him start to, like, murmur and pray, like, under him. And that, to me, terrifies me. <laughs> it feels like the most occult thing ever. Like, it feels like in any situation where one person's starting to, like, swell up, like, the hysteria and power of a crowd... It seems to me like there's always people underneath just murmuring something, like <laughs> like starting a prayer, starting something. That scene terrifies me because you feel, and they do such a great job with the cinematography and with the sound yes. of making you see that this thing is ramping up. This is what he probably does every Sunday, frankly. Every Sunday he probably talks a while and then he gets to somebody and he starts building it up to this gigantic show. And that's what he's doing there. And it's so beautiful The just the shot uh, there's a. I think the only time they cut away from the one shotter is to literally cut to Daniel. Yeah. Just to show a reaction as he's watching, kind of like looking on, like what the. F oh, what <laughs> exactly. is this shit? Like, um, good, good goddamn show. Yeah. So put on much. a good goddamn show. I think is what he says. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, but I like show. what you. I like what you say about you know terror. I think actually P.T. Anderson said that there there was elements of a horror film in this, but also humor yeah. because you can't help but laugh at how ridiculous it is. At the same yeah. time, 
you can wa- turn on, you know, news news today that shows some some uh, you know some of these religious devoutees yeah. and, oh, and and, and you know COVID be gone, you know, and some of the stuff it just it just <laughs> yes, it's the yes. same sort of stuff. So it's not far fetched. Um, oh, not at, at all. At all, um, no. which is which is kind of terrifying in its own right. It's a small town version of what is going on with like gigantic televangelists now and yeah like oh saying, for sure whole, like mm-hmm. like like the whole like where i just like start slapping people and they fall to the ground you're healed you're healed and it has to get bigger and bigger like now you ever see those clips where it's like a dude smacks like 30 people at once and they all like somehow they all get slapped even though it's like he slaps like two people they all fall and it's like oh my god you know and eli's starting that there it's just yeah. a small town version of what that will become right and um the WWE of the church. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously, I start dropping, like, start like, you know, like, like people's elbowing people, like, exactly. you're healed, man, you know, like, but like, yeah, like, like, and, and there's there's so many parallels, kind of in, in in scenes, like you, there's so much you see about Eli. Like one of my favorite shots is uh, the uh, the well diss when like oh. Eli finally rolls up. And he's got his, you know, women behind him, and he's got all of his things, and Mary's in the white dress, and he's there. He's like, oh, this is so perfect. And Daniel just short ends and co-ops his whole thing, paraphrases him, pulls Mary up and says, like, a proud daughter of these hills. Yeah. Mary Sunday. And you see Eli's face. He's just, like, like almost like stone. Where he's just like, yeah. you can't even, like. But he's then like- the best shot is when they when he, when HW turns on the machine and the 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 strings start up like dun 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 dun, dun yeah. and he's like well there's refreshments over there and he goes up the stairs and there's a shot from the top of the stairs where the crowd separates except for Eli and his flock yeah yep. and then Eli stands there and then turns to the left and walks and you see all those old women like f- following him like ushering after him and you realize like that's his that's his flock. That's his power. Yeah. He brought these things and they hover after him and he turns to walk and they dutifully, you know, like there's one woman that could barely walk. Like other women have to help her walk <laughs> and they're just shuffling after him wherever he goes. And yeah. that's all at the foot of Daniel's Derek, like this yeah. massive building he's made. That's like about to bring prosperity. And here's Eli with his whatever, 10 old women. Like following them around, like talk it's about just, it's just a great like paradox. Talk about power play. There's that also a follow up with Eli when he is. This is after after the oil uh, fire, and uh, he's going to to Daniel, um, and, asking for the money. Yeah, he's asking for the money, but there's that long walk where he has to walk, and you yeah. know, you see him off yes. in the distance. There's the oil, you know, or there's the ditch there, and he has to go go around yeah. it. But it's it's all this it's this power play, you know. You you it's a it's a high shot. It's showing the power of of, of yeah. Eli as he's approaching, approaching, and coming, and then it just all changes when he gets there, and you know, and you know, Daniel accuses him of not being able to save his son. You know, why can't you? Uh, why huge. can't you? Uh, give my boy his his uh hearing back and and you watch the camera angles it does just the opposite everything now is a low angle looking up at at daniel who has all the power and eli is down on the ground in the mud and just absolutely yeah absolutely that scene is 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 so amazing because like that's amidst that's amidst the 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 
conflict between the two of them, right? Like, at first, he's kind of yeah. just poking at him, fucking with him. And then he's just like, nope, I'm going to slap the shit out of you. Which comes back at him, you know, full uh, when, when uh, Eli gets his little bit of revenge. The baptism. Right? <laughs> oh, with, with the baptism. Yeah. Which, and and it, it's escalating. It escalates. Like, yeah. that's the crazy thing about him and Eli is, like, it gets more and more brutal leading right. up to the very last scene in the film. That's the most brutal, right? But it right. keeps getting more and amplified. Like, Daniel didn't have to have this happen. It's almost like he wanted it. Yeah. Like, oh. you know, at any point he could have just, he could have been the right guy and paid him his money. He didn't have uh, to slap him. Like, he didn't have to treat him like a bitch yeah. like he did. Like, it, it would have, he he had the power. He just, he he had to put the boot heel on him too. He, well, you know, I think it all starts. I, I totally agree. I think it all starts with Eli too, because like, so there's the problem with the blessing of the well. Yeah. So Eli, Eli sets him up in the beginning when he visits him in the tent, and he says, "It's, it's a, it seems like it's not an important thing, but it really is." And Daniel flaunts it, and then a man dies. Daniel goes to see about Eli about the man, which is when he sees the whole song and dance. That's how he sees Eli working. He's like, "Oh, that's what oh. you do." Okay. Can you make sure that his stuff gets back to his family? And all the while he's saying that, Eli Eli's saying stuff like, oh, poor Joe Gunda. Really, I wish more would have been done. If if that well had been blessed. And I think yeah. Daniel sees that and he's like, oh, so that's your narrative. You think that your phony God thing, like you're going to say that that's responsible. Like I should have paid my fealty to you. And then God would have protected all these men and all these people. And I think that I don't believe that. I think that you're selling the same thing I'm selling in a different rapper. And like, so I guess game recognized game. So could you could you make sure that like my men are? He says he talks about like my men work twelve hour shifts and they can't get rest and be safe if they're out here listening to your sermons. He says that like it's yeah it's dead on. But then it starts to accelerate where now um, when 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 HW gets hurt, yeah he also mentions that the well wasn't blessed and that's during that scene like with the the beat down scene. Yeah, is 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 he says what? Why did you bring your song and dance to come help my boy? And he's like, Oh, Daniel, it's a well been blessed. And then Daniel just starts beating his ass more because I think that yeah. was like, but you know, Eli like got a trigger point. Eli's got a point at that though. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's like Daniel brought this shit on himself, and that's where it's like, oh, for sure, he, he is. He, I mean, is is weaselly and and oily <laughs> to 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 say a thing that that Eli was. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, Daniel is is 10 times worse in the, in the long run. And that's, and that's where I look at it. And every time I watch, you know, every time I watch the one time I watch it through, every time I'm looking at the different characters, I'm like, fuck, I don't like either one of you. I just want the kid to win, you know? No, and and, and at the end of the day, HW does win. And and I was, I was, I was telling my buddy Brad that that's like the only silver lining in the movie. The movie's just brutal. It's just brutal. But at the end, like, 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 uh, yeah, like, like Steve said, it, it's so poignant. It ends with HW. His part ends with him turning away. I can't hear you. And I'm yeah. walking out. <laughs> and that's the victory. He, he gets the last line, too. Because I love that. Because that's the last thing he says to Daniel. And he, tur- and he basically hangs the phone up on him. He turns around. And yeah. that's it. Yeah. So he, he wins. He gives him married. Him. <laughs> you know, you know, he goes to Mexico with his wife, drills, and probably has a lot of success. And then Daniel. I guess winds up in jail for murder. I don't know. Or maybe the butler helped him cover it up. You never know. We're waiting for the sequel still. But um, <laughs> the 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 scene that to me shows the spill down, I'm a little bit more on the angle of like Daniel or Eli, who's worse. It's, it's hard. I, I guess you might object when we say Daniel, but like 
One big parallel I love is uh, is this this sequence of scenes. So you have the scene where he walks down to get his money, and he gets beat in the ground. During that scene, Daniel says like, "I'll bury you in the ground." He's saying things that are like, "I'll I'll, I'll just dominate and murder you." I like I got your yeah, life yeah. is mine basically. Um, and then he leaves him there, and then the very next scene is Eli at the dinner table, still covered in mud and oil, and he literally does the same thing to his father that Daniel did to him directly afterwards. And instead of using death threats and, like, I'll bury you in the ground and all this stuff, he's saying, do you think God will save you because you're stupid? Yeah. He's using the, like, wet... Honestly, to him, which is worse than a death sentence. See, Daniel, Daniel not being a guy of religion only can threaten you by... I'm going to slit your throat. Right. Daniel's like, 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 end game. But Eli shows a, a particular ability for emotional and, like, spiritual manipulation when he tells his father, the old pastor of the church... Yeah. Do you think God will save you because you're stupid? Literally gets him on the ground and yeah. grabs his face and turns it to the side exactly like Daniel did to him. And so you see how... You know, big fish, big fish uh, eats medium fish, eats small fish. Starts yeah. to happen. That's how it goes. And what 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 Eli's got is threatening his father with spiritual damnation. Yeah, and no, that was him rough. Down. That was and rough like, that's, to watch. And it just shows you that like that that's that's the small the small pond he can play in. Right. Yeah, it's not hard to beat up an old man. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's hard because Eli, you were younger than than Daniel. You. Probably should have tried to take a fight, but he just beat your ass. He just dominated you. Yeah. Not saying that physical strength is humiliated you know, too. Of a man, because they were people but, oh, that, humiliated. Yeah. yeah, that humiliation oh goes. Well, that scene too. plays out. That scene plays out like a western. The shot oh. where they cut to Daniel the first time looks like Daniel's about to draw a gun. Like it's <laughs> straight out of like a Sergio Leone movie. Right. Like it's yeah. gorgeous. But Eli carries that on to his father, and like, what does that say about Eli? Right, like that. Always, that oh. seems like really important to me because I'm like, that's just him punching down because he can. Oh, for sure. You're and, right. You're 100% right on that. And that was a yeah. rough scene to watch. I was like, mother. And then that definitely, like, I didn't like Eli to begin with. I didn't like the weasel. But that right there was like, yeah, you probably deserve to get slapped like a bitch. And so, yeah, yeah that was, that was the, you know, I did like the fact, though, that he got a little bit of revenge when we, we later on get into the story and uh, they're trying to do the pipeline. And it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the, the land that they had to. Uh, the, it, it was the Bandy Tracks. Bandy the Bandy Tracks. Mr. Mr. Bandy. Yeah. <laughs> And so this is after he kills Henry. He Bandy shows up that morning. You know he's still sweating from fucking, uh, you know, burying his brother. <laughs> and he's like, "Yeah, you're gonna have to get baptized." And so, and this is fucking crazy. Like to me, this is the scene that probably yeah. solidified his Oscar win. Uh, Absolutely. Holy shit! What a fucking performance and craziness. And this is the one time. I almost felt that maybe Daniel had some feelings that maybe yeah. Daniel had a soul, however small it is. I mean, you he mean makes that, es- grand- that escalation where I abandoned my child when he finally gives into it and it yeah. really comes out. Um, and does. he's almost so ashamed about watch- him. Watching it. Yeah. I felt that way. Then listening to other people talk about it. They talk about how <laughs> he, uh, as he's talking, he, um, he almost has like, 
like you can see he's acting like he's like okay this is what i gotta do to get give that me the track. blood give and, me the blood <laughs> yeah and, and at the end that's definitely what he what he felt like when he yeah. got through it he was like give me the blood lord so i can go away like like yeah which is a line i use if i'm if i'm if, in my life if i'm ever doing something i don't want to do and I want it to be over so I can do what I want. I will just openly shout, like, give me the blood bullet so I can go away. Like, I'll do that all the time. Um, so I didn't catch that when I was first watching. And I was like, oh, he might have a heart. And then he sits down in the pew and uh, Mary gives him the hug from love behind. That, love and that I, shot. Love and, that shot. And God, I was like, really yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, maybe. But then it turns out like, oh, maybe not. Maybe he's just a fucking evil motherfucker from way back. You know? the, the thing is, I think it's everything you're talking about. Yeah. I yeah. think that that scene, that shot where like where 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 Eli turns it to the boy because he's talking about his sin, and he's yeah. saying like you brought you know, with with you prosperity, but also your sins is a backslider, and you have sin with women, you have sin with all this stuff, and and and, and of course like Daniel's like sure, I guess man, yep. yeah, yeah. And then he's like, you know, like save you, say he's like Lord, I'm a sinner, and all that stuff. But then he says that you you know say you abandoned your boy. That look that Daniel gives him is, I think it's everything. Yeah. It is, he is truly ashamed of what he's done. I think he hates Eli more than anyone he's ever hated in his life. And it's yeah. a bit of like a blood feud. It's a literally like, no, I, that's like, might have been when he decided I'm going to kill, I'm going to kill him. I, I that's, that's like, I'm going to kill him. Like, that's what I was thinking when he was sitting in the pew going, Oh yeah, no, you're counting your time now, buddy. But well, he also he also wants he also wants to prove him wrong because what does he do? He brings HW back, and it, it's it's a absolutely it's a uh, no, oh yeah. yeah yeah I didn't abandon my child. He's <sighs> back, and 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna so it, it's it's yeah it's a little twisted there where there's a lot there's a lot there's a I don't know if you guys caught this this is one of those gems that I love in the movie and if you didn't notice it go back just to watch that scene again or just find it on YouTube because it's chilling. After the baptism is over, they they put the water on him and he shakes his head like does a lot whole nine yards, you know. Everyone the, the shot goes wide and you see all the congregation now coming up to greet him and bring him back into the congregation, right? And then he goes and talks to Eli. And he walks over and he <laughs> shakes Eli's hand and he says something. And Eli's face goes from like <laughs> I won to like his face like falls. And then the farther Daniel gets away. Eli looks like he's almost going to cry. Like, at the very end, his, like, face is, like, crumpled, more or less. And I remember, like, watching that with my brother being like, what did he tell him? Because <laughs> like, he said something that made Eli, like, like well, crumble inside. We, we, we did see like, what he said to Paul uh, at, at the end when Paul left. He oh, said, he, says, yeah. he says to Paul, now, if I find out, you know, there's, there's no oil there, you know, I'm going to come back and get I'm, my money. And, and take a little bit more. And you're okay with that, right? And he yeah. says, yes. I, yeah. I have a feeling that there was probably something in that. And it's like, hey, I've done this, you know, but probably a, a threat in in his escalated yeah. version 10 years oh, later. Oh, it could have just you know, been a... A couple of years later. It could have been a custom custom crafted for Eli version of, uh, I'll find where you sleep and I'll, I'll cut your throat. It may have yeah. been a special... A special one, like, I will kill you with a bowling pin one day. And he's like, <laughs> he's like that's so twisted that, like, like that's going to break my face a little bit. Like, what, what's bowling? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> like, I've never seen a bowling alley in my life. What are you talking about? Like, um, but that that shot's great. And and, there, and there's, a sh there's a little part at the end where, like, where Mary, like, hugs him up. And it's yeah. weird because he shows a lot of protectiveness over Mary. 
Like, yes, he names the well after her. And at first you're like, well, maybe that's just like to get back at Eli. But then after HW tells him that Abel beats her, he has that whole scene where he grabs her and in front of Abel's like, no more hitting, right? No more hitting. Just like, just to be like, don't hit her again. Basically, yeah. like, I'm going to embarrass you. Yep. Then there's the scene where she hugs him. And you notice when he's walking to the pew, sorry, I've seen it a million times. When he's walking <laughs> to the pew, uh, there's that woman that she's just an extra. She's one of the congregation. She does like hug him and like kiss his cheek. And he's basically just standing there. Like he's not doing anything. He's just kind of whatever. But when he sits down and when Mary hugs him and stays on there, he gets his hand, like touches her, her hand and he's speaking to her. Like you get a feeling like he, like he cares. Cares. It's weird. Yeah. Like it, it, but you feel like he has a spot for her. And like, I, yeah. and that for some reason he can't stand to see her treated that way by Abel. Like he's, it's he's, weird though, because it doesn't match him. You think but, there's any symbolism yeah. to the name Mary is like Mary Magdalene? Oh, know? oh, I mean, oh, I'm sure. I mean, it could. Be I mean, there. I, there's lots I of mean, biblical names in this, but uh, I don't know yeah, if there's, there's intention or not. Uh, that uh, yeah, I, it was it was an odd thing for me too because yeah, he does he does the whole point where he stops the father from beating her, and I, that was a, a take control moment for him yeah, in a way uh, because it also you think about the very end of that scene. He goes, okay, now go away and don't come back. You know, he tells yes. her when, when and it's like, that. he's like, now go away and don't come back. And you're like, Oh, so this was really about just the father, you know, to, 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 to take his power a little bit, which is another slap at Eli and all that too. But I mean, it's also one of those, it's like, it, it is odd that it's like, okay, but he is showing some, some feelings and some caring for her. And later yeah. that hug scene, it was like, Oh, but I think what it was is he, he's setting himself up as look, I'm the good guy and I'm going to let these all people know that I'm the good guy. And so they all look to me to be the good guy. So he's winning the hearts of Mary yeah. and Mary's whoever Mary talks to. He's winning their hearts yeah. that way while he's taking the heart of the father and he's taking the heart of Eli. So he's, he's gaining that power in two different ways. One with honey and one with <laughs> vinegar, you know, he's, he's really working that. So that's what I came away yeah. with after the fact. I was like, Oh, well, I think I think that's what's so interesting about Daniel as a character. While you know, maybe uh, like the 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 plot on the surface, you know, maybe like if you're used to just like a like a standard movie, the plot on the surface is like what happens in this movie? When an oil man comes, his son gets hurt, he treats him like shit, and then he like <laughs> meets a preacher, hates him, and then beats him to death at the end. Like like, okay, and I guess there was oil. That was two and a half hours. Like, <laughs> the, the truth is that it's all about like the window into a time and a place and, and, and a character in Daniel that you've kind of never seen before in a movie where like he is a kind of character that you can question exactly what you're questioning. You, and yeah. there's no answer. You can say like one guy can go, well, I feel like he really felt something for Mary. There's scenes where I feel like weirdly that's like a soft spot for him. And then someone could say, I'll be honest, like I feel like he's acting the whole time. So yes. that close with Mary, it was like, like you laid out. It was at first, it was to take away Abel's power. Yep. Then it was to earn the church congregation's respect and love uh, because they know that he loves Mary because he named the well after Mary and everything like that. Um, but you, and we can have those two different viewpoints and be completely right. Yeah. Because I think that Daniel is like contains multitudes. I think yeah. that like it's almost like Schrodinger's Daniel Plainview. He could be <laughs> anything at any time, right? right. Like he can be being self-centered and they're, and they're obviously and understanding they're not mutually exclusive. Like he could have genuine like care for Mary and know that him de demonstrating it also helps his cause Yeah. or it's one or the other, but you don't know because Daniel doesn't let anybody in. Like you never know what Daniel's doing. Nope. Um, 
Unless he's explaining milkshakes to you. Well, I would say the scene with Henry when he reveals uh, a bit about himself is a bold script writing moment because typically characters that are this complex, they don't give you much to go on except what you see. Whereas here, he is actually giving it up for a moment and saying, "This this is what drives me. This is what I hate. This is where, who I am, which is, fascinating for this movie because it gives you a clue as to who he is when that's not typically what Hollywood does. They, they show you scenes and let yeah. you make up your own mind. I, I liked, well, uh-huh. I liked that. If we didn't get that though, I think the ending would, would not be as powerful as it was. Yeah. We, we wouldn't be able to read into it as much as we did. I, I think it would, would have a, a sour effect. I think getting that little bit of personal insight into his mind was what we needed to really see the final come through the way it did. Let's talk about that too. Cause that's a fucking ridiculous, crazy. So that's the thing about this kind of movie is where like, like, like PJ Anderson and everything and just the movie itself. Like it's one of those things where like this, the writing and the, the development of everything, like it all serves this ending. And you realize that like every, like everything that's there is 100% intentional. Mm-hmm. So like just to touch on what Steve just said just a second ago is like, but you think okay so yeah normally the character it's kind of the anti-hero man without a name uh, character he lets you speculate. Well the only time Daniel ever opens up is to show the viewer that like oh no he's only doing this because of Henry. He thinks he's found his blood brother. He thinks he has yeah. like and that's the only time you get it is when he thinks he's got that. And then you flash forward to the end of the film where everything comes like full circle and you have their power, their positions of power at, at the beginning are flipped, right? You've got Eli looking sharper than he's ever looked. You know what I'm saying? Dude's got the big cross and the wingtip shoes. He's looking beautiful. And Daniel's literally like halfway through a meal he's eating out of pots, passed out on <laughs> a bowling alley, unresponsive to like, to Hales. He's just laying there, like sleeping. And that's how that scene starts. And it's, it's very similar, kind of, you see the reversal of the original beatdown scene. Now, now here's Eli on top, looking so good. And oh, yeah, all those yeah. shots are like, to, like Steve talked about the cinematography, those shots are also from below. It's from Daniel, and Eli is clean and perfect, and Daniel is dirty and messed up. And that scene is ridiculously good. I... I can't. I mean, I know I've been gushing the entire time. <laughs> yeah, I have a couple. I have a couple high points, like little little moments that is great with that whole thing with Eli. One, so the I am a false prophet and God is a superstition scene is awesome because at one point, if you notice, Eli does this thing when he when he does his sermons, he does that thing where he like takes his hands and like spreads them when he's talking. Like he'll do that sometimes, right? Well, when Daniel's goading Eli to keep saying it, act like it's your fault. Oh, can't hear you in the back, Eli. He's trying to say it like it's one of your sermons. And he's trying to get him to like amp up. At one point, and it's the one where you see him kind of break, he actually does it like his sermon. He tilts his head up. He does the line. He draws his hands out. Like he does that pose he does yeah, yeah. just one time. And I love that to death. Like I just love that Daniel was able to goad him into doing his actual performance because that's right. what he wants yeah love that love that whole thing Just yeah he course. does want the performance he wants him to com- admit that it's a performance and that it's bullshit now yeah. someone brought up and i didn't think about this that uh one of the the most 
heinous parts of this is is he gets him to to admit that a fa- he's a false prophet and that he doesn't believe in this mm-hmm. and then he kills him now if he was a religious man and knows what he did to him at that point where he's like you just basically damned him to hell by doing yeah. that which it which people are like yeah, I don't think Daniel's that smart, but then again, no. <laughs> but I was just thinking <laughs> no, about that. I was like, oh, fuck, that's even harsher than 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 just killing him, but having him, you know, basically, you know, call blasphemy on the religion yeah. and say that God isn't real and then kill him so he's not kidding. I'm like, oh, that's like a let, – let's pour some salt on that wound there, you know? No, yeah, I, I don't think Daniel is playing 5D chess, but the but – the, <laughs> but no, but, but I actually never really – I've never heard that angle before, and it's really interesting how that is how events play out, though. Yeah. That's how it, it's how it plays out, and, and, and I've never thought of that before. Wow. Uh, no, that's actually really brutal. Yeah, um, that's what I thought, too. To, to just, like, basically denounce God. Yep. And then he dies. So it's like, where yep. are you going? Yep, but exactly. I'm pretty sure Daniel had an idea where Eli was going already, uh, if that stuff existed. Yeah. Um, the He's Lord has there. failed to make me aware of the current panic in our economy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, and, and probably getting to the, the the milkshake monologue, which is like what most people, if they haven't seen the movie, they've heard the milkshake reference. They've seen part of that scene, right? That was the most iconic scene in the film, without a doubt, yeah. when it came out. That was a scene that people were like, oh, have you seen that movie? It has this milkshake scene. Yeah. <laughs> and um, apparently, like, it was supposed to be, like, like uh, doing some research on that. Because like, today, because I just never had I was like, where'd the milkshake thing come from? Um, apparently, it was, uh, P.T. Anderson said it was from, like, a 1920s, like, speech to Congress by a senator. Yes. Who was yeah. trying to explain oil drainage. However, it's weird, because apparently, like, like just people online have, like, found that speech, and it doesn't mention it. And um, they think it actually comes from a speech, I think in 2003 by a senator, um, explaining the same thing, basically. Yeah. And he makes the milkshake analogy. He talks about a kid in bed who's sick. And if you can make a milkshake down in the kitchen, and he had a straw that went all the way across the house, and he could drink the milkshake from bed. And, yeah. and, and that's kind of where that came from. But Daniel delivers it just he, awesome. he, he delivers it almost like it's impromptu. And, and his whole performance yeah. here gets more and more outrageous and overacting. And the fact that it can just be so electrifying. I mean, the, his posture and his, his, the way he's hunched and, and running around yes. and, and, and shaking his wagon, his fingers and, and, uh, and talking out, you know, a storm. It's, it's outrageous and so powerful that he's pulled this character to where you buy it, you you know you this is yeah. this is ex- this is where this person is, and it's as ridiculous as it seems. It's just so <laughs> glorious to watch. Watch that performance there. Oh, just so, watch him twist the knife on Eli in that conversation <laughs> where Eli is like, Eli's like, oh, oh I'm giving and Eli comes so 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 pompous. Yeah, I'm giving you an opportunity to drill <laughs> one of the great undrilled tracks in Little Boston. And he's like, I can do that. I just need you to say this. And the minute he breaks him, he's like, those lands have been drilled. Yeah. Let me explain what drainage is. Yeah. Like, when he says something like, I drink the blood, the, the, the I, I drink the uh, the blood of lamb from Sandy's uh, Sandy's tract every night or something like that. It's yeah. like ridiculous. And the fact that he so, chooses milkshake, it's almost like he's treating him like a child. Let's talk milkshake. You know, <laughs> right totally, up your alley. Totally, totally. <laughs> no, so, no it, it's so random that he would say that, that character would relate it to a milkshake. Well, I mean, he was, most, taking like, his, he, 
he was taking his son to an ice cream parlor, right? So that was where the where they had the steak, and he he does the the uh, thing with. The Although it was more like a saloon kind of thing. Although they could have had milk. I don't I, know much about the history of milkshakes. I don't know. Like I thought that was it was supposed to be like a like a place where it has ice cream and and food and all they that. Very well could have had ice cream there. Yeah. I, like I said, I. I so I, I found the same thing you were talking about where Paul Thomas Anderson talks about he found the metaphor in a Congress transcript from 1920s, the Teapot Dome scandal, in which the Secretary yeah. of Interior, Albert Fall, was convic uh, convicted of accepting bribes for oil drilling rights to various lands. Uh, according to him, he said that Albert Fall did make a... a, a analogy to drainage using the word milkshake he says i probably uh you know went away from the exact wordage but he did absolutely say milkshake in this thing so that's where he got that from so i thought that's that was so pretty crazy cool. yeah yeah I, no i mean like it's a great way of explaining it i, th I think yeah. that's actually the best part about that see one of the one of the best parts is that if you didn't really understand what he's talking about it serves yeah. dual purpose because right. he's he explained to eli who doesn't know Right. So you get to understand about like, yeah, no, and and, and and when they were in the in that that sentence speech, when they were talking about it, some of the things they were talking about was because people didn't understand how like, well, I can if I'm here, I can get to oil that's over there. Yeah. And I don't have to go on top of that particular hill and drill into it. Like I can get to it because I'm over here. I drink the whole thing up. Yep. And so you learn basically. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you didn't need Bandy's land. You didn't need it. Like. He never needed it. Towards the beginning of the movie, when he's sitting up on the hill with with HW, and they're just very casually talking about what you know what he's gonna he's gonna pay the guy uh, in uh, in um, oil, oil prices, oil prices and stuff. But I mean, it's I'll a good comparison that. when you see how he's talking to his you know his son at this stage, and it's it's much more um, man to man almost. Uh, I mean, yeah. e even even HW has those pauses down. You know, he kind of like when 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 Daniel says something, he pauses and he says, "Okay." You know, they they've got that delivery. About great. Yeah. But then but then flash forward to this 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 uh, finale, and that's when he's really patronizing this this child, treating him like 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 a child, talking about I'm going to explain yeah. this to you like you're a boy, you know, with milkshakes oh, yeah. and, and this is what it is. So, so we're learning. Yes, it, it's true. We do. It's like, Oh, that makes sense. But it's, but it's, it's okay, very much, yeah. it's very much uh, putting him in his place, treating him like a child, patronizing him. Oh yeah. And, and he calls him boy several times in it. Like in the, in boy. that. Oh yeah. He uses like, Eli, insults. you boy. Yeah. Yeah. He's like constantly running it and he's ramping up to killing him. <laughs> and that's the thing that the more I watch the movie, I always try I always try to pick out in that scene, like, where's the moment where <laughs> he's like, this is all what I'm going to tell you before I kill you. And it's hard to find a time. It, he approaches the beginning of it so casual, where he's just eating, like, that leftover food, and Eli's running his whole song and dance. He's like, oh, yeah, okay. Just, like, is that when? Like the minute Eli came to his house, was he like, "Oh, you're dead," or whatever? Because he ramps up so smoothly. Like there's never, so there's so many moments where you see Daniel break. There's the, uh, you know, say you abandoned your boy, and you right. see him pause, and he's like, "That's like a like a cliff he's gonna dive off of," but here it's such a smooth gradient, from, yeah, the beginning to the end that it's kind of crazy. I think what Noah said about, you know. Back back when he was baptized, where he made the decision, yeah. I'm going to kill this guy. I think I think he probably had it in his yeah. mind 
you know, when I see him next, you know, and so it was more just the dance, the 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 whole performance and and the build up. It was almost like the the, the sexual act before the orgasm. I want to play mm-hmm. it out. I want to write it. Yeah, and because no. he it was such a failure in the saloon when he tried to humiliate the two the two people yes. uh, where he yes. you know. And and so now he's had another fifteen years to to play that through his mind and and mm-hmm. in the back of his mind probably well, didn't script the whole thing out. But, well, I mean, uh, how many times do you think he's fantasized about? Because you understand fantasized, that, like, yes. Eli, Eli, Eli is his is his uh, son-in-law. Yeah, like that's right. <laughs> like like he uh, like like yeah no. no brother no 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 because it, it, brother-in-law I guess because no. Mary. Because he's Mary's brother, he's but Mary's... H.W. is his son. So it'd be an uncle-in-law? Something. At one point, he <laughs> says, like, when, when, he's in the, when he's in the process of being beaten or, or he's, he's running behind the bowling alley, he says yeah. something like, we're, we're family. We're brothers, Daniel. We're family. Yeah. Says, I think he might say brother-in-law or we're brothers by marriage. I, he says we're he brothers. Says something like that. I think he's talking about in the church. In the, oh, in God, the spiritual bro. sense. Yeah. So yeah. I, I actually think that he wouldn't have killed him if um, H.W. hadn't had his moment before this. I think that's what broke the call. Like, the I call. Think yeah, there's, there's nothing left to live for at that point. True. Very good. Very you good. Know, that, that, that was, and it took listening to other people and talking in this podcast that I was like, oh, that's when he broke. And yeah. he comes yeah. and he's yeah. like, oh, you're part of the reason my son is the way he is. You couldn't heal him. You're part of the reason all this shit went sideways. And so yeah. that's when he had snapped and he was already on that fucking downward turn. I mean, that's why he was waking up in the, the bowling alley drinking, which they never show him sleeping in a bed. So this guy was fucked up from day one. He slept on the ground the whole time. You know, every we oh, see him oh, multiple every, times. You see him sleep multiple times on the ground. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if you, you're, I never thought of that point, dude. I don't know if you ever see him in a bed. Nope, never do. That's, a, <laughs> that's hilarious. You see him like he has a tent, but you never see him in it when he's yep. doing the silver mine. Yeah. Um. God, good point. I think the only time you see him lay down is if he's drunk or if he's at the bottom of a well with a with a, yeah. with a broken leg, right? And <laughs> so that's that's a kind of a, a tell too. And this is one where he he you know yeah. you know he drunk himself stupid in the middle Absolutely. of his dinner that he woke up drunk still eating his dinner. I mean, who hasn't done that? But. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. And I think he was already past that point because of what happened with his his son. And, and that is what broke him. And then, then he goes into his rant. I think he had already got to that point by the time he got there. And it was just, it was just the slow burn to get up to it. Now, this was yeah. a hard scene for me to watch. And it wasn't because he killed him. It was, it was the little, the, the whimpering screams that, uh, <laughs> we had from Paul. Uh, yeah, Eli, Eli I, was, yeah. I, I was talking. To, I was talking about the actor, um, Paul Dano, yeah. did in that. It was like, oh my god, you making this like? It's like a you're watching a fucking animal that is being slaughtered and can't do anything about it. And it's just good, like, oh, good it's metaphor. so good metaphor. It is yeah. so hard. It, the the screams and the yeah. oh, like oh, it's so brutal. And then when the, he thumps yes. him, oh. oh. <laughs> Sat through the whoever whoever dropped the foley in for that hit, <laughs> like yeah. That, the foley sound of that, oh, like it just sounds. I feel like you can you can tell how much wax is on the bowling alley yeah. wood, <laughs> like like you can hear the pin, Eli's yeah. hair, his yeah. skull, his, his his scalp, the yeah the the lemon oil on the floor, and <laughs> Daniel's sweat. It's all in one. Like the sound is yeah. like amazing, and um. It's, well, that, it's it's gross. I mean, it, it's it, 
It's huge though. It's so this powerful. Is, this is something we haven't really talked about, but the the sound and the score in this, right? The music oh, from the, Johnny Greenwood. From oh the, my god. <laughs> that was one of those points where he hit him, great sound, and then it goes dead quiet for a minute. And then he hits him again. You're like, oh, fuck. I wasn't ready for that. Yes. But I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, let's talk about the the score real quick just because. Oh, can I say one thing really fast? Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. The last thing I'll say about that scene is two things. One, I love the shot where he throws the bowling ball and it hits the (laughs) pot of water and it splashes on the camera. Like baptizes the camera. P.T. Anderson had... Yeah, P.T. Anderson had to, like, go to bed that night and just watch that on loop because that was, like, the coolest shot ever. (laughs) And a thing I love is starting in the scene where H.W. rolls up uh, back from the the school in California. Uh And through to that last scene, you see the progressive injury of the broken leg from the beginning of the film and hobbling on it. And I love that. And if you actually watch it as crazy many times as I have, you'll notice that when he climbs up on top of the um, end of the bowling alley to like throw the pin down at Eli when he's hiding behind it, uh-huh. he uses the same exact leg motions he does to get out of the mine the first time when his leg's broken. He like uh-huh. puts his right leg up on it and then hoists himself up. And it's like the same, and his left leg's just hanging. Cause it's, nice. it's messed up the yeah, same yeah. way. So that, that symmetry is like gorgeous trust yeah. me I, I know about having a, be- a bum knee and having to climb shit i, I get oh, it see <laughs> so you get your method down for it and that, yeah that, that's how you know how to do it yeah um but yeah so about the score the score so one of the things i noticed in the very beginning is when we had that silent uh 14 minutes was uh yeah i want to call it like the it's the thx sound at the beginning of the movies mm. but yeah. like buzz. With it's that it, growing foreboding buzz yeah it, it sounded like a demonic version of that. Like it literally is like, yes. let, let's make this evil as fuck and scare people with this this sound. And that's yeah. how it started off. I was like, oh, okay. So Johnny Johnny Greenwood is a genius. Like I've been I've been a big fan of his in Radiohead for like a long time. He is amazing. And that's that. I don't know how he did this because he did a lot of unconventional stuff. But that sound you're hearing is the sound of like all the violins are detuned. Yeah, like they all start at the wrong note, and then they come up, and they're in harmony, and then they slide back out again. There's something about that. that <laughs> it sounds like something a, a day in, in the life, the Beatles song, a day in the life. There's yeah. a, there's that crescendo, and Paul McCartney talks about how that was created. It sounds similar to what you, what you're describing. Um, where well, yeah, to- yeah, it's a, it's great technique. Like, he does a lot of these through the whole thing, where it's a lot of like. Mm-hmm. There's no. I don't know if there's any music, like songs, like there's no, like yeah, a lot no. of times you have a song, they're like, oh, I can sing along. To, there's none of that shit. It's, it's, no, it's all... just like score. Yeah. Like unconventional. Unconventional. It's yeah. Like, yeah. It's a mixture of like pure un- unconventional, like percussion. Yeah. And then like strings and like yep. normal, like normal score stuff. It's yeah. like a, like 50, 50 on that. At times so, it really influences how you look at a scene too. When typically scores yeah. will, will kind of try to compliment. I found that I was influenced by the, the scores point of view, especially in the, 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 towards the beginning, some of the, some of the scenes and there, there's some, yeah. Like yeah. some things play out. It's like, Oh wow. I'm getting a different feeling you. just because <laughs> the music that you know something's going to happen, it, or, or it's this telling is, you how to feel. Yeah, it is definitely telling Absolutely. you how to feel. Like, 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 you know, the, the beginning. Think of the opening scene. It's just a, a man digging, like, like chipping away rock rocks in a hole, and then he says some dynamite. If you've got some old country, like, bump, 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 <laughs> I mean, that guy just looks like a good old time. 
Yep. Like, like it can really change the feel, but like the minute that like that score starts up and you see the shot of that vista yeah. of like how far out he is, it's like you're yeah. like holy shit! Like, like it, it, you're right. <laughs> it, 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 no, it, no, I think that's a big deal, Steve. I think that the score does really push you into like this is what this scene's about. Yeah. Before an actor shows up, before someone says word yeah. one, it sets that scene. Right. This is his first accent film. It's too, almost right. Yes, he, he, he had done so, one thing before, but that was experimental. But uh, but it's yeah. like this is the first feature. So he that would well, have been up oh. for the Oscar in this too, except for they said he was disqualified because he used some previous stuff of his own making. Yeah. Yes. And I was like, "Are you kidding me? That I mean, that's really yeah. like I was like, that's fucked up because it's technically not an original motion picture soundtrack. He's like that's how. But wait, that's how all the stupid, all the Star that's Wars, how stupid the Academy is. All the like, Star they Wars just have shit. rules like that. Star Wars, every single one of those is bitten off the one before it, and they've still gotten nominated, so it's kind of like, mm. yeah, uh, it, it was kind of, I thought it was bullshit, but I always uh, it, bummed. It 100% is. Like, like, like the Academy and, and the Recording Industry of America could just be that. <laughs> and, like, like, it's almost like how, like, like uh, SAG and, like, acting unions can just be that way. Gotcha. Like, <laughs> well, you don't, you, you don't qualify for a credit here because these dumb reasons. And you're like, well, that that makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> I think my probably my favorite. There's a lot I love about about Greenwood score. The to me one of the most impactful and just wild ones is the the oil derrick fire. Yeah, that with the percussion and it's all like somewhat off time and you, it just it's all that and you're like, it makes that scene feel so out of control. Like it, it's yeah. that lobing rhythm of like <laughs> it starts kind of like dun 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 dun. dun, dun. You're like. All right. Then the, the offbeat stuff comes in, you're like, oh, this is just a mess. Like, no one's in control of it. It's like an act of nature, right? It's almost like in that scene, it's almost like man poked the beast. Yeah. And like Mother Nature, like, erupts, and they're everyone's powerless. Like, they can only try to control it. Yeah. And the music does such a great job there, and all throughout the film. It, it's, yeah. It's and, really and the really crescendo of that scene when when it's when it's Daniel looking at it, just, just and, and he says, you, you know, exactly what you wouldn't expect because the music has kind of set you up like this is a catastrophe and he's just saying he's like cheer yep. up you know we're not we're gonna you know we just we just struck it big and and then it yeah. and then his friend yeah. says something about how's how's hw is he gonna be okay nope you nope. know just like no oh he, yeah like, oh it doesn't change his expression <laughs> at all <laughs> no no he's just like he's just kind of bending over like just yeah. watching that thing or he's like shielding his eyes from the flames he's like no, he isn't. Yeah, no, he's he isn't. Like, is, yeah, he, is, he, is ACW okay? No, he isn't. No, he isn't. <laughs> and then you see that dude of his, like, he goes and checks on HW. Yeah. And and, he, and there's your boy Daniel just staring deep into it. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, he was also the first one that got, got there and got up on the roof. I mean, he actually shows yeah. more care for for him, and that, that's a hard part to watch, too. Once oh, again, this, this okay, so this is an interesting movie for me. So at the end of it, after watching it, I was like, I don't know if I like that. I mean, no, really, I was like, it, it bad touched me in some way. I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it's I, not, it was it's like, not your typical entertaining movie. It's it's something that's it's a it's it's another yeah. style that is much more exploring the human condition and and taking yeah. this character and just immersing well, you in the evils and, and manipulation <laughs> of characters. But and, that, <laughs> and that's what it was. Is I was like, I, I'm not so sure. And then listening to other people talk about it and talking to you guys, I was like, okay, it's got more merit. I, I can see it because literally, before, when I was done watching, it, I was like. 
I don't know if this has any rewatchability at all. Like, oh, I know what happens. I don't know if I need to watch anything at all anymore. Yeah. And so I was like, but talking about it more, and I'm like, oh, shit, now I, I want to go see that scene again. Okay, I, I, yeah. I need to see, you know, so I get where people can say this. Like you said, this is one of your favorite movies. I can see where people yeah. can be there. Um I, I don't know if I'd ever get to that point because it's still there's still some hard parts for me. I'm like, oh I, sure, I, yeah. Well, but it's, it's a yeah, it's a long movie too. I mean, I, like, I, that, I gotta say, kinda... with the rewatchability, <laughs> watching it, you, you know, you don't want to skip ahead or like like I found like I, I got to yeah. go back and watch a couple scenes to, but I didn't want to. It was just like, no, I'm I'm riveted again. I'm I'm in for it. I, <laughs> you know, just because it, the pauses and yeah. everything, the editing is masterful and. And, uh, and and it's great watching people break it down from so many different angles because there's lots of there's a ton there lots out there yeah that's the thing about that movie to me is it I think what's kind of sparked my fascination with it and why I love it so much is that it feels like a solid living thing like that movie is its own thing like you you can talk about it you can like take scenes from it and watch them you can do this stuff like that but like that movie when you put it on is like it's like it's almost like a like a monolith of a thing. And it's got all this like deep emotional stuff and this really heavy stuff in it. And it has its own pace. It, it runs at this like consistent pace. And it's, mm-hmm. it's almost like a, like a, like a, like a, like a train chugging along. Right. It's chug, you know, chugging toward like, you know, Eli's death and the, and busy, <laughs> the, the end of, of Daniel probably. The I'm finished. Um, yeah. The I'm finished. Right. Like it's leading toward that, but it's everything in the process. It feels like just like a train going on the tracks. Like it can't stop. Like yeah. the things that are being set in motion, like they can't be avoided. Like these things are going to happen. And that's why I go back to it. The other reason I've watched it so many times is probably is because uh, I'm a big fan of like, whenever I'm working on music or working on anything, I love to put on like some of my favorite movies in the background and just have them on. Okay. I, I've done that since I was in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Like I wore out copies of like the thing, John Carpenter's <laughs> the thing. Cause yeah. I just love the thing way too much. And I just put it on and I'll be like, you know, have a guitar halfway taken apart, look up and go, oh, I love that scene. And I'll watch a second and be like, all right, cool, back to the guitar. I tried to do that with this movie because it's a vibe movie and I do that with vibe movies. I just watched it. Like, I would just put it on and be like, all right, there's the Vista, cool, let's work on this thing. And then the minute I hear him fall down the well or the dynamite goes off, I just look up and I'm like, and then it's two hours later and I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh God, okay, cool. Um, okay. <laughs> Well, that was two and a half hours. Holy shit. Like, I, I, I can't just have it move you on in the background. I'm fascinated by it. I have to okay. watch it. I get, I get entranced. I think okay. that's probably why. I, yeah, I saw it sometimes. That, that's very interesting. It's a background movie. Because <laughs> I do the same thing with movies. I like to have stuff off in yeah. the background. I, I'm one of those ones that I don't like true silence. Like, I need something going off in the background. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, yeah. uh, I always I had TVs that. running and stuff. So, movies like that. And I, I'm the same way, but I prefer like action things where I can jump in and jump out. And, and maybe that's why I don't see this as rewatchable because I look at those movies as rewatchable as like, yeah. oh, I can pop in and pop out. This one might be that where I wouldn't pop in and pop out. So I, I can see that. So it, it, after watching it the well, first time, my mind has no. changed some after talking mm-hmm. about it so much because there's so much deeper into it than, than what is on the yeah. surface level. So, yeah, it's very interesting. It's one of those things, like, because, you know, my, my friend Brad, you know, we, we talk about movies all the time. I mean, he's, like, one of my best friends. And he had never seen it somehow where around <laughs> me, uh, being living, you know, like, 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 just living around me and, like, being yeah. my friend. Um, so when he's going into it, I was kind of like, yeah, I, the way I kind of put it, I was like, it's a movie that you don't need to watch it multiple times to, like, appreciate it. Um, right. 
But so it's not like an M. Night Shyamalan situation where it's like, well, the first time you get bamboozled, then the second time you see how you got bamboozled, then the third time that you want to watch the Sixth Sense way too many times, trying to figure out like, how did he get me though? Because it, it's so <laughs> obvious now. It's not one of those movies where it's like, well, after my 20th watching, now I understand the movie. I was like, but at the same time, it still holds so much more if you want to watch it more. Gotcha. It's got so much more little moving parts and little stuff to re-experience and see. I think that's what makes it kind of a good balance because I think like my wife's seen it, I think, once or twice, and she likes it. She she understands why I love it. It's not her favorite movie, obviously, but she's like, no, I get it, though. That's a really well-made movie. And that was just off of like one or maybe two viewings that were years apart. Nice. So I think for anybody, really, it can be a thing. Even if you just see it once and experience it once, well, I it's something see- that you like won't forget. Yeah, I went to sit down and watch this, and I told my wife the name of it, and she goes, oh, yeah, no, I'm not watching that. Which, in <laughs> hindsight, it, she could have watched it. She probably would have. Sure. Because like, her big thing is violence and pain she doesn't like. So she could have yeah. really watched this, but it's totally. one of those the, – the title is almost misleading oh, in a way. She, she might have been out yeah. after those first 14 minutes, though, because, you know, he draw, he falls down a well, breaks his – you know, breaks um, his no, leg, oh, and, and then the other guy gets gets, you know – no, nah, I mean, in the bottom. She, she, could, she can handle a little bit as long as it's not, like, drawn out, like, you know. Her hardest part would have been when they killed Eli at the end with him screaming just like me was like, okay, this is kind of dragging on. Or this is almost like, like. That beatdown scene in the oil field, too, because he screams the same way. Oh, he pulls his hair and he's dragging him into the mud. He's like, <laughs> he's that like they have that high pitched, like. Yeah. It is like an animal. It's like a yeah. wounded animal. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely. Nice. All right. Very primal. Uh, only thing I want to ask on this is is because we've covered a ton of this. I, now, if there was anything that you would have done differently in this, if you could have changed this movie in one way that you think could make it better, and if there's nothing, I, I'm okay with that too. I just I, I'm I, curious. I, oh, it sounds like a cheesy. <laughs> it sounds like a cheesy answer, but like, I love this film like a person almost, like to that level, and it feels almost like I just don't. I think that I feel like if I was even a part of it. Like, let's say Paul Thomas Anderson was like, hey, we're making like a whatever anniversary edition. You're a big fan and I somehow love your podcast or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, hey, come, you know, fly out to LA and like, maybe we're going to work in some different edits or make it this different director's cut. Do you want a part of it? I'll be honest. I might probably say no because I'm worried I would taint it. Oh, like, okay. I almost, I almost have too much respect for this movie to be like, no, it's like a document or that you have this like monolith that you can't penetrate like i almost don't think i would touch it like okay i can respect i, I can't think of anything i'm very interested to hear what you say though because yeah right. but like <laughs> all right steve what do you got well i think i think we brought up a couple of points of confusion the first time watching the mm. the, the brothers being twins and that not really i i, I think uh, the first time i watched it that that got I, I actually thought oh you know he maybe he was some sort of schizophrenic or something I was trying to reevaluate yeah. it like like maybe PT Anderson meant to make that ambiguous or were there something more uh, there and I thought it, it in the end became more of a distraction I wish I wish they would have figured out a way of making that a little bit more um, effective but or, or more obvious and and I don't know how yeah. I, I think it probably was just a result of the fact that that they had to change and you know change in mid in mid uh, stream you know you know yeah you can't uh, can't always cut off the stream when you want to uh, but anyway <laughs> no. um, and there were, I think there was another thing that Noah you said you were confused about the first time you watched it too um, 
Oh, it was uh, about H.W. being his son or not. That that didn't yes. get me. I that that wasn't a problem. But but I think if they could have figured out a way of of of, of making that less or more obvious, uh, so it didn't create a distraction for me. Okay, but... I, I can see that. I can see that. Actually, like like okay, so that kind of stuff is something I might like. I might be like, yeah, like I'd be down with that. It'd be minor. Yeah, Maybe I don't, like, I don't know how it is. Like, just a little more, like, you can probably just do it literally with, like, the film, the footage they have. That's it. Yeah. Where you settle in a little more on, like, the father, and you have maybe another few seconds of the father in H.W., like, and you get to see him really, or something. Maybe he could have been made to be more distinguishable, but, I, like, other people have been tripped up by that. No, it's not just yeah. I've heard seen, a lot of people say. Or seen the shows like, both wait, brothers, you know. Wait, he had a baby because later on he masquerades as having a wife that died in childbirth, and if you didn't pick up on like the fact that he took, you don't realize that story's bullshit. You think like that? Oh, like I guess that really happened to him. Which you start adding to the backstory of Daniel. Yeah. When it's not, it's not. It's never genuine. Yeah. So I can see that being a major problem. Like, or I'm not major problem. Or you could say that can be improved on. Like, yeah. make it more apparent. Because your intention is to show that Daniel. Yeah, his father died and Daniel took the baby. Like yeah. that, that's obviously the intent. Yeah. I'll make it clearer. I can see that, totally. Yeah, because I think it, it adds into the, the story of him being an actor in a way. Is he's like, yeah, I took on this role. Like, I'm, I'm going to use this as my 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 role. Is like, oh, yeah, my wife died, and so now I'm the I'm the single father. He he, yes. he, he plays that off. Now, that kind of plays into both sides of it, too. Like, he... he it does add to it. The confusion of the viewer, I almost think, adds a little bit to it, but it, it, it could be better in one way or the other. For me to change this, um, I, God, what would I do? Uh, you know, I, damn, it's, it, this is a hard one for me. I think I would have, uh, would have changed a little bit. Uh, I would have done a little bit more story with Eli. Cause I think the biggest part, okay. of, I, I would have, I would have had a little bit more back and forth between them, a little bit more play. Because we we especially with the span of the years that they talk about, right? Yeah. That to hold that feud for that whole time, it, it seems like it it needed a little bit. Like it should have just been, you know, maybe it could have just been a couple of times where they're in the same area and it's just like the little, you know, piss off nods or you know the the little things. So it's like a constant where it's like yeah. not just the the big moments, the big moments and big moments is like that was three times that if you guys would have just been cool to each other, this shit wouldn't have happened. So, yeah. you know, to build that up, that's about the only thing. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to say I'm a, a writer and I can change all these things, but this is a, a for what it is as a movie, it's really good. Um, and I think, I think the acting is what really brings it, brings it whole. Oh, I think there, yeah. there, there's some story acting flaws. If, if this didn't have the acting in it, this, this wouldn't have been the story it was and it wouldn't be the movie it was. Like you, you, yeah. You put anybody else in there but Daniel Day Lewis, and I think you lose a lot. Uh, same with Paul Daniel. I think those two, yeah, are on fire for this because the story, if you have less actors, is not going to hold. P.T. Anderson said yeah. when he was writing this the script, he had he had kind of in the back of his head hoped to cast Daniel Day Lewis, but he wasn't he wasn't ex, you know he didn't want to take that for granted. <laughs> At the same time, he said that hope elevated his writing because he knew that. If Daniel Day Lewis was going to take it, he had to really elevate this. Uh, so it really drove him yeah. to write a better script too. So um, I read in there that he he spent three years preparing for this role, three years uh, getting into character for this role. Imagine having to be around him for three years, being that guy. Yeah, because <laughs> well, he has that, to yeah. live. He 
he has to live uh, in a different little house from his wife. Oh like, yeah, yeah. Like like and, and he doesn't always live there, but when he's prepping for a role, and especially when he's back from doing a role, he needs like up two months to like get back out where he can't even be around her. Yeah, like, I, I can see and that. she doesn't want him around because he's like the character. He's not. He's yeah. not himself. <laughs> I truly think that like. I think that every time Daniel Day-Lewis portrays a character like that, it takes a part of his soul away. Oh, sure. Like, when you scrub Daniel Plainview away, like, you lose a little bit of Daniel Day-Lewis. And I'm pre- it's a joke, but I'm pretty sure I've told people that he's going to have one last role, and he's going to go into that little house, and he's going to, like, stop being whatever character that is. Probably the best thing he's ever done in his life, better than, like, Daniel Plainview. And he's just going to, like... Jedi Force Ghost go away. <laughs> His clothes are just gonna like, like, and that's it. There's there's no like body. There's nothing gross. Like he just ceases to be because he's done his job. Nice. And then he's a Force Ghost after that. And I think nice. that he just walks around and gives people advice. Because I think that's the end game for him because he's so absolutely dominating when he play when he portrays a role that it's yeah. His attraction, he says, to acting. His attraction to acting, he says, is because it allows him to live in a someone else in in the world of someone else. So it gives him the opportunity to experience life from someone else, and it it, you know it 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 basically expands his understanding of of humanity of life. It's not so much about acting, but just about being about about understanding and and being able to to take that on. He doesn't he doesn't break character when he when he takes uh, takes on a role. So yeah, can you imagine being the guy who originally played Eli? And being at like craft services, and you're just some dude. You're just like Kyle O'Neill, bro, and you're just like rolling up, kind of like, yeah, how about some of that? Oh, they got some ham sammies. And you've got like, it's not Daniel Lewis, it's Daniel Plainview. Yeah. Looking at you like you're Eli. Can you imagine trying to like, hey, uh, could you pass the mustard? I bet you end that with mustard on you. Like that's how that ends. Like, and I, I was, I was, I was thinking about it earlier. And I was like, you know, it's got to be different. Because I think, I know Paul Dano, he's not as deep method as Daniel Day-Lewis is, but he is pretty method. Like, he gets, like, into the roles and stuff like that. I think it's different when you're at the craft table and you believe you're Eli Sunday. Like, you're behind <laughs> the shield, right? Yeah. So when, when Daniel Plainview comes at you, you're like, ah, but I'm <laughs> Eli Sunday, so yeah. I hate you. Versus, like, you're the kind of, you know, clocking every day at 8 a.m. kind of actor. You're just like not, you know, so you're there like trying to get a ham Sammy and there's like Daniel Day Lewis and it's, you don't have the shield of like, oh, but I'm Eli. You're like, yeah. no, man, I'm Ryan. Like, <laughs> like you're cheating me like crap. Like, I hate yeah. this. You know, like that has to be hard. Paul yeah, Daniel, Daniel learned, he, he probably learned from this role because when he did the Riddler, he was wrapping himself in, 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 in Saran wrap, uh, you know, just to get oh. the, in character. So that's, that's a little extreme. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I think I think they're kindred spirits in a way. Isn't that it, it, like life is like art, right? I mean, you got Daniel Day Lewis trying to find a kindred spirit, uh, for right. His acting self in Paul Dano, right? Uh, like he's got to have someone to relate to. So there you go. You know, he rolls up to the table and he's like, I eat your ham sandwich. And he just takes it oh, right off the plate. 100%. 100%. Every day like, I would have done that. Just whoever was there, I would have just taken something off their plate. Oh, imagine, imagine, imagine Endgame being on set with old Daniel Plainview. Cause like, oh, do you right. know what I mean? Imagine 
the the I drink your milkshake Daniel yeah. is at craft services. Imagine <laughs> that. That's worse than early Daniel. I'll take, you know, now ladies and gentlemen, I'm an oil man. I'll take <laughs> that Daniel Plainview over like Eli, you boy. Like that yeah. guy? You had to deal with him for like a week? Like that's just, awful. He just walks around with a straw, just whatever you got in your hand, he's just taking sips. It's yours. <laughs> yeah, drink it up. No, that's great. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right. Well, I think we've we've uh, beat this one to death. Uh, yeah. Literally. Um, I'm glad you 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 brought this up to us because, uh, like I said, I probably would have seen it eventually, but it might have taken a while because there's there's a lot of other stuff on the list. I, I'm glad oh, I yeah. got to watch it. Um, glad we got to have you back on the podcast. Uh, now we need to figure oh, out the next one that gets you and uh, possibly Eric back because that that was a lot of fun last time too. We'll do we'll do something a little, a little lighter next time. Maybe. <laughs> like, 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 maybe we'll do a little. Uh, but I want to say really fast because I was thinking about this working on the show, and I, I really want to thank you guys because. Um, I talk to Eric and Alicia and stuff a lot on uh, my wife about like how on my podcast is kind of cool looking back that, you know, we've been around so long that like, I have kind of a chronicle of my life. I know we talked about this on the show before about like, that's kind of what you guys are laying down. Yeah. Like, you know, like for your, for your kids and for some of that you do have like, Oh, there's like, you know, there's like, you know, my dad, there's my grandpa, like talking yeah. for hours about stuff. That, and that's cool. Right. It's a document, but I'm really, I'm really thankful that you guys gave me the opportunity to come on and talk about this film because I, I love it so much. And I'm glad that like, like that we did this together because um, I'm glad that this exists, right? Like in right. the same way that like our podcasts exist. Like this is like probably my favorite movie and I, I really love it. And I, and I really, I know it was out of your zone. So when I was kind of jokey, like, what do you think about the next one, right? I'm like, how about there will be blood? Ha 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 ha. Um, you know, we've been foreshadowing this on the show for a while because I just right. keep trying to get you to do it. But I really appreciate you guys like, yeah, jumping out of your normal zone and, and doing it. That means a lot to me and I, and I appreciate it. Well, that, I'm glad we got to have you on here. And, and for me, coming out of the zone is good because, you know, it's one of those you, you can't grow if you, you always stay in your comfort zone. So for me, this is kind oh, of totally. fun. Uh, and it does get I know I know Steve's much more of a, a, a cinematic guy. He, he sees a lot more of these movies that are more the mental thinking things where I like this <laughs> stuff that blows up and has titties. Um, so that's for me. This is like definitely outside my, my comfort zone. And, and I'm good with it because it, it makes me grow. And uh, yeah. so I, I'm all about that too. And uh, like I said, having you on the show, you you were kind of the inspiration for this uh, this podcast in a way, like you and Eric and the Turtle Soup, because uh, oh, the way you guys the way you guys conversate and have your 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 conversations, it's it's like hanging out with buddies talking about, and that's what me and Steve used to do. Just you know sit there yeah. on the house whenever we're having, having whatever and we're talking about stuff and someone actually said at one point you guys should have a podcast so you don't have to sit here and do it and i was like that's a good idea but it no but that's huge yeah <laughs> but, and, so, and that's, it's so funny how, how that idea passes down because that's how eric and i started it was the same thing it's like well we just hang out every friday night and talk anyway yeah like but like <laughs> you start getting and like and you guys have been doing it now so long and that's so awesome and, you, and, and you've kept going that it becomes habit yeah, and you just keep dedicated, and it becomes part of your life. And then, like, you look back, and you're like, "Man, I have this." And then, like, and even just to hear that, like, that that I inspired other people to do the same is like is like such an honor and so crazy. I can't even like wrap my head around it. And just knowing that like your guys' podcast is doing that for other people too, and it's just ridiculous. Like, and, and it's but it's such a, a great thing. It's it's so fun. I like the ability to articulate and uh, and come across like. I know what I'm talking about, and that's not, <laughs> that's not easy when 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 you're kind of live recording and sounding like you're trying to struggle for the right words and stuff. So this experience yeah. continues to to help me grow that way. And so when it comes to actually trying to make an argument, um, I can find the right words. Hopefully, I'm getting better at least. 
Yeah. Oh, Joe, Eric and I always say, uh, uh, whenever we, we like say one of us takes one side of something and the other guy takes the other side of it, and it turns out it's live on the podcast, right? We're just yeah. recording. Yeah. Uh, Eric, Eric always says, like, you know, the thing is, man, you know, uh, iron sharpens iron, bro. Yeah. You know, like, like the, the better, the the more we go at it, the more we go counterpoint, counterpoint, there we go back and forth. Like, it does. Like, like you're saying, Steve, it's, it sharpens you up. Like, you're able to, like, just react back. And, like, in, in my personal life, I've seen that. Like, Amazing. for sure, when I, like, in, like I, I started this job where, like, a few years ago, where, like, I'm arguing with, with attorneys all day. <laughs> wow. And if I hadn't been doing a podcast for, like, 10 years where I'm just, like, having to, like, bounce back and argue with, like, a friend every Thursday or every week or whatever, I wouldn't be able to come back. But I found myself just being like, no, nah, man, like... They argue with me. I'm like, oh no, that this is just how it is. <laughs> and I think, I think it's to your point, Steve. But I think it does like, like doing that helps you. So it, yeah. it's really yeah. cool. Really cool. Nice, awesome. Yeah. Well, I think that's about it. Uh, the only thing yeah. I, I do want to say is uh, I am a Patreon member to uh, Turtle Soup, and uh, I wanted mm. to, to push. Uh, you guys need to do some more. Uh, no time for socks, because uh, that's oh damn, I, get me on the show. Oh <laughs> damn, oh scene. <laughs> Oh uh, man, can I, well, can, can I close the this lens cover on this camera? Or like, uh, no, the reason why is I want to. We need to. We we need to. I love hearing totally. you guys talk about the turtles because that's fun, and that you know that's that's yeah. what brought, drove me in. But it's also just hearing you guys talk about everyday stuff that you know you get that extra insight and stuff. Yes. So it's like that's, that's it's been something we've been t- we really and I'm gonna get somewhere right that now. Uh, uh, I'm gonna write down the back of a. You're playing that Patreon member. I'm a Patreon member, so I'm gonna throw this out there. I like that. Oh yeah. No, and, no, and honestly, like, like first of all, I mean, like, you know, you don't have to even be that to, to tell us what to do because we're just like, like, what would make everyone happy? But, uh, but our thing is, yeah, like, like we we got so crossed up that we yeah. we got behind on it. But like, that's always been our intention to come back, and now we're behind enough that we may have to start really grinding on it. Yeah. But I'm glad you like them. They're fun to do. Like, it, yeah. if anything, it helps us like direct it to the people that that like it. Yeah, because like sometimes we do get a feeling of like there are people like, I mean like look I got twenty minutes uh, on the drive to work and I'm looking to uh, hear about some turtles and I'm like yeah how no, was I'm... your week Eric and Eric's <laughs> like let me tell you about making Halloween baskets and I'm like okay I love this and like we talk about that for like twenty years yeah, yeah. no it's 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 what uh, you know we call ourselves the trash pandas because that you know it's that trash oh, time yeah. and I'm all about <laughs> it uh, yeah I was I was so for that and uh, it's it's not only you guys but uh, there's Hero Movie Podcast or another ones that I do and they do a kind of they call it their dinger zone and it's just them talking oh, okay. about shit and it to me it's almost as good or better than some of the regular podcasts it's yeah those- I can see that. You know, totally. you, you, got, you become friends with these people uh, through through these podcasts, and just listening to them talk, it's it's like being there, hanging out with them. So yeah, let's let's get some more of that, or so just more trash. I'm I'm all for it. I got it. I got, I got it written. Uh, I got it written. The only thing I could I could write on with my pen, uh, it's a surgical. It's like one of those oh, like, right. masks, <laughs> and it's too overexposed for you to see it. But it says "Make more boners." Nice. Uh, so uh, which I mean, I could I record in my bedroom, so I probably just need that just here anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just inspiration for other things. Yeah, uh, you're so right. Lisa's gonna like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Make more of those, definitely. Uh, so yeah, I'll, I'll throw that to Eric, and, and for sure we'll get that done. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks a lot for coming on. Uh, awesome. I can't, Thank you. I can't express it. We'll uh, we'll have to think of another one to have you guys on, and uh, I think Absolutely. that's it. So with that, that's uh, Hail Caesars. <laughs> awesome. Good night, everyone. Or, or for the turtle soup guys, else time. Else time. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>